Hopefully the connection doesn't drop today. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Happy Monday. Hey, good morning, Blake. Where's Erin? She's on an extended vacation. She's in South Africa. Wow. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Her husband uh, is from uh, there, and so they go back occasionally to see family and whatever. So this is their holiday trip. She's back next week. Yeah. All right. Good. What do you got for us on this Monday morning? This morning, a woman who was wanted for murder in Jamaica was caught in the Cayman Islands. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. How did she get here? So many questions. Um, (laughs) Really? But Ashley Williams, who's only 20 years old, of Denham Town in Kingston, was charged with murder after she was transported back to her country. Uh, the Jamaican authorities allege that she killed uh, 47-year-old David Rowe um, of Septima Street in Jonestown. So on November 30th of last year, um, the allegation is that Mr. Rowe was at his house when he accosted, he was accosted by uh, Williams and her boyfriend, Giovanni Thompson, and during a dispute, they actually pulled a knife and stabbed him multiple times. So um, there are questions about how she was here and what she was doing. And we don't have any of those answers as yet. Hmm. But we'll certainly update you guys as soon as we know. Yeah, I was going to say another question would be how and why was she apprehended? Yeah. So uh, they put out a... Um... A notice to Interpol or to the Cayman Islands? No, we, the local authorities have said nothing about it. So it's a little mm. bit um, difficult to to actually know for sure what's going on. Well, you got your sources, Sandy. Let's get on it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. What are you waiting on? <laughs> this one's a little bit under the radar. So, uh, no, we're going we're gonna to do some more digging um, for sure on that one. So a man has been charged with um, rape. This is a shocking story that uh, everybody was talking about over the weekend. Um, The allegations against him is that he actually raped a child under the age of 16. Again, not a whole lot of information. 33-year-old Georgetown man was charged with two counts of rape involving a child under 16. Uh, The RCIPS reported that he was arrested on Wednesday, January the 4th, and he's been formally charged with two counts of rape in relation to an incident or incidents that took place in October and November of 2022 involving the child and he's going to appear in court this morning mm. so well you're you're starting the monday morning uh with some great stories sandy yeah i know it's um, not you it's the people <laughs> the people out there making the the headlines i know i know they're not giving us a whole lot of details but don't worry we'll continue digging now um caymanian icon nurse josie solomon passed away yesterday morning uh, she's known to many as a beloved, um, you know, nurse. She has delivered many a baby in the Cayman Islands and particularly in the district of Bodentown. Uh, you know, days, I guess, back in the day when they had very, very little resources as she made sure that babies were delivered safely. So um, there is actually the Bodentown Senior Center that has been named in her honor. 
And so we were very saddened to hear of her passing um, yesterday morning. Mm. Yeah. That's sad. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, those are some of your news headlines this morning. All right, well, you catch uh, Sandy's show right now on Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow for our Tuesday headlines, all right? Sounds good. Have a good one. Thanks, Sandy. Okay, folks. Yeah, lots going on. Um, let me go ahead and send out my links. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? We got a new intro for you this morning. Now, I noticed that we did not have a drop connection this morning, so I'm going to update you guys. I think the fact that Flo has actually resolved the issue, which is good news. Bigger. Bigger. Better. Better. Bolder. Bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live, direct It's the cold hard truth Now, now Join the conversation on 345-936 2626. That number again is 345 936 2626. All right, folks, good morning and happy Monday. Hope that you guys are all doing well today. Lots to talk about this morning in the beautiful Cayman Islands. Never a dull moment, as I say. <laughs> Whew, what a thing. Well, we're going to dig into some topics this morning. We do have some guests that are going to be joining us around 8 o'clock this morning from UCCI. We're going to hear a little bit about what they have been up to. They've been kind of busy over there getting ready to kick off um, registration for courses. So, of course, if you are... Um, you know, interested in furthering your education, you want to make sure that you tune in to that segment in particular. Uh-huh. Really, really important that you prioritize um, your education. So, um, hello, good morning. Hello. Good morning. All right, folks. <laughs> Remember, if you're calling me at this time, <laughs> that means that I'm assuming you want to be on air. Yes, it's after 7.30. We got to start on time around here, folks. So um, anytime after 7.30, we're live and direct. So if you call me, even if you call me in my personal number, I can only assume that you actually want to, uh, you want to talk to the people of the Cayman Islands. So don't call me otherwise. <laughs> so um, here, here's somebody else calling me. Now that I've said that, 
Um, good morning. Are you trying to get on air this morning? Good morning, Ms. Sandra. Morning. On air? Well, I'm live, so you, you have to be on air. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, I'm a member of the NICE program clean up from NRA, and we have like probably like almost 70 80 people down by the, um, the fire station. We have public work and NRA people and things came together because we were told that we would start work today on the night. We would get last day, um, we would get work for the nice program today. And all of us is out here, but I would have loved if you could have came down and took our store because, yeah, we are unemployed, but we could have found a lot better things to do with, with them telling us that we had to come work today. They are looking for a dollar and looking to work. Mm. So, um, I'm a, I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm a little bit confused though. So tell me what's going on. You guys showed up and what's happening. We showed up because the minister had said that today we would, um, from last week, they told us that it would start tonight. Uh -huh. But when we come this morning, they say the minister can't come to agreement or they not come to an agreement yet or whatever. And all of this public work NRA and thing is piled up by the cemetery. And we were saying that it's so wrong. I mean, not that we don't, not that they don't need to work, and we work. These is some. This is some of the best work crew people that came back out today. Uh huh. So why why did um why did I mean who told you guys to show up? I guess is the first question. Oh, okay. Um, the minister had called um, people for public work and told them on, um, that they would start last week. So when they showed up last week, they told them no, it cancels for today. So we. So somebody in the ministry of uh, what ministry is that, my dear? Yeah, I think that's the ministry that J.E. Banks is in charge of. So someone in the ministry told you guys to show up. How many people are there this morning? I have pictures of to show of all the people that were here. We took pictures. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, you know, we cried out to you because we know that you usually and will be able to. Oh, Lord, have mercy. She must have ran out of credit, honey, chill. Um, well, this is an unexpected development this morning. Just hold on a second. But of course, she was calling me on the other phone. So like I said, if you call me on that phone, um, I assume you want to be on the show. But hold on. Let me see if I can get her back. Um, hmm. What a mess. Always something, honey, chill. Trust and believe. This place never has a dull moment. Uh, let me see if I can call her back. Um... Hello. Yes, my dear. Um, yeah. yeah, so we're just trying to fully understand uh, what, what transpired with you guys this morning. Okay. So you're, you're uh, there and um, you're saying that you were told by somebody in the ministry to show up. Yeah, minister called and said on the night. Then they, they, they turn around and call certain people, I guess, but nobody in the gang that were here 
Christmas. Because I don't want to certain little ones got a call saying that it will cancel today and not till we call it. But we do know say that DH has already started work from last week. So we were what we were wondering what happened to us and all us come down here and are in public work and nobody I get no work. Mm. No, but now call no more the people. Because I mean, it's it's so strange because I thought that um, the cleanup program was over um, yeah. for Christmas. Yeah, we did the two weeks then, and we yes. were told that we would get two weeks in January, and that they would make us know exact date. So when we heard the night, they told us to come today. Some was down by the Scholars Park, and a lot up here by the cemetery, mm-hmm. and nobody didn't come in. So we were just saying if maybe you could. What is in your own words and just ask the minister to, to uh, make the people, the nice cleanup program people know because you seek him work. Mm-hmm. You're not looking, you're not looking to play and be, and, and they know the workers. Trust me, Sandra, they know the workers. You're all willing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, sir. I'm trying to take care of business. Mm. I hear some people chiming in from the background there. Yeah, um, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> So, um, that Darlene, okay. Charlene, 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 I forgot. And I don't call my name on air. No, no, she's not calling me on air. <laughs> well, you're already on air, honey, Jill. So, um, there's, there's so many questions that I have about that nice program, um, such mm-hmm. as, you know, if you have people such as yourselves that are willing to work, why, why, what prohibits you from getting work otherwise? That's what I you want to yeah, mess. But we didn't have work in Jan- December, and we don't still have a job in J- January. So we were signed up for the road program and um, the work program in December, and they told us that we was going to get we more to come back, show up back up here. Um, last Monday, and some did, and, and then they said no. Minister said today, so we did what we heard. Hmm. What a hot mess! Yes. Um. We, 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 pictures were sent. We sent some pictures to you. Yeah, Sandra. I see they're coming uh, in. Oh, they were. It was anything, but mm-hmm. and um anyway, and I I I that's the only thing I know that I did mm-hmm. to call you. Yes, ma'am. All right, leave it with me. Let me see what I can find out for you. Seems yeah, like there's some kind God, of miscommunication going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God bless you, darling. All right, my dear. Appreciate it. Have uh-huh. a good one. Have a good day too. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Bye. So this sounds like some sort of a miscommunication um, situation. Now, to be honest, if you have uh, persons who are unemployed getting up out of their bed, probably six six thirty in the morning to be able to make it to a designated location, at least they're motivated today to get to work. So um, I can definitely understand their disappointment in terms of uh, why no one is there giving them work. But I'm confused because somebody else is saying, as far as they know, the NICE program hasn't actually started back for this year. Huh. Aye, aye, aye. What a thing. Anybody can enlighten us in terms of what's going on in the ministry? Uh, Who told them to show up? I'll show you on some pictures they sent. There's a few of them there, honey, Jill. 
So somebody was spreading the word to come, come one, come all. And so they're there this morning, ready to work. And there's no work for them. You know, I have a lot of thoughts about the, about the NICE program because I think that it obviously indicates that there's some people who are willing to be employed and to work. So here they are. This is some of them that are out there this morning, ready to work, got on their neon shirts, their backpacks, their comfortable walking shoes. And um, seems like there's some confusion about what they're supposed to be doing. Okay. We put the questions out there. I see people messaging that they're going to try to get us some answers. Good morning. Happy Monday, Diamond Princess. Miss Vernita, Miss Faith is in the house. Denise is here. Good morning, Denise. Soka is also here. Um, she says, morning. Thanks for bringing George Jones back. <laughs> well, you know, he's he sings our theme song, The Cold Heart Truth. So, um, yes, I was hoping, Soka, that last week the, um, in, the new intro would have been ready, but it was still being worked on. Uh, one of my designers, he as a new father, he has a new baby. And of course you can appreciate, it keeps you up all kind of hours in the night. Ervalyn, good morning. Um, Soka says I'm out of focus. Is that on Facebook? We can certainly refresh and try to deal with that. It looks like our, our connection didn't drop this morning. So that's good. So give me one second, let me just refresh. All right, let me know if that's any better, please. So it turns out the issue with flow might have been due to um, an update of some sort or a restart of something on their end that impacted our connection. So big thanks to um, Wardley and the team on Saturday. They were working in conjunction with Marlon, trying to figure out exactly what was causing it. I must say, praise the Lord for Marlon. Can we give Marlon a hallelujah up in here, Chad? Praise the Lord! Technical skill set. Um, he is constantly monitoring the connection and has all kind of reports. Because sometimes, apparently, Flo can't see that my connection is dropping when it was dropping. And he's like, oh, yes. Here's the report. Every couple minutes, this is what it was doing. And they were like, oh. You know, it'd be a lot more difficult to find if they can't see the problem. So because of his uh, technical expertise on the IT side, they were able to narrow down the area. And it seems as though there was some sort of a rebooting that was happening every morning at 7.30 in the morning in particular. And it may have been a power event, like an outage of some sort, that happened at Flow during the holidays. So um, they were going to restart something on their end and it looks like it, it fixed it, whatever that was. So we actually have two, two separate um, fiber lines in order to try to ensure that we have the um, connectivity that we need in this house, the redundancy. So we may have to get, um, well, flow is the only ones available in this area. And like I said, I don't traditionally have any issues with them. And when I do, because nothing is perfect, um, they do get on it. So um, I'm aware that another provider might be in the area. 
Um, and again, for our purposes, it's kind of good to have more than one provider. So we might have to get like another line. Oh, a mess. Miss Olivia, Miss Sonia, good morning. Happy Monday, Siobhan. Jonathan says, focus. When I saw that, Jonathan, I thought you were telling me to focus on a topic. I'm like, what topic? Felicia. Um, Real Deal says, actually, my neighbor was called and told that the start date was pushed back. But I'm confused because people are saying, and I'm getting a new number of messages on this front, that um, the, I mean, it seems unusual that they would have a program right now. So one person says, only some people were told in December to return in January and the word got out. So more people showed up thinking that it was a wider program. So why would some people be told to return in January and not everyone? Mm, I'm a bit confused, but that's what I'm hearing. Another person says, good morning. The NICE project runs for two to three weeks in December and two weeks in January. And they always start two weeks of January. The people are right. And they were told to come to work and they should be paid. Well, they can only get paid if they work now, honey chill. We're not in the business of paying people if you're not working. But it seems like there was some sort of a miscommunication here. So somebody else says they did say that they did confirm that there is a 2023 program and they're aiming to start very soon. However, they haven't made any calls to people yet with the confirmed start date. So why would people be showing up if they weren't calling people? Somebody was calling or messaging or texting or something. Uh, so I don't believe that fully. Huh. What a mess. Um, sounds to me like this, this person, I was just about to say this. This person says the money was just approved. So that's the reason for the delay. But uh, communication is key. Thank you. I was going to say the same thing. Communication. Mm -hmm. How hard can it be to get that right? Miss Stephanie, morning to you. Hey, Jake, Jake is in the house. Happy New Year. I've not seen you in a minute, Jake. What have you been up to? Satish, good morning. How are you? Aliano's here. Mr. Richard and Celine joined in. Alejandro. Uh, thanks, Jonathan. Oh, KK said it wasn't focusing at all. Oh, wow. So strange because I see something totally different. But thank you guys for letting me know. Miss Jackie Bennett is here. Atlas. Says, remember 50 by 50. Are we still doing that? Yes. Oh, geez, I'm Atlas. The struggle is real. I have my oatmeal here, but normally I do so much talking during the morning show. I don't have time to eat my oatmeal, but it is here. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. That's breakfast. So I've been eating more oatmeal to my little heart's content. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Miss Sandra. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you and to everybody. Yes, Happy uh, New Year. I want to share one little bit of light on the 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 call that the first person made mm -hmm. about the 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 nice program. Yes. Um, that's kind of near and dear to my heart because I did two nice programs. I had to kind of stop because I I couldn't 
you know, go away all day, then long, and leave my mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, you know, I always try to keep up with what happening about it anyway because, like, I had a good time. I met some people that they didn't know, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It was, and you know, government pays top dollar, mm-hmm. and that one they well, gave us a minimum wage. That's for sure. Uh huh. They gave us lunch, and they gave us. I think it was a like a water and a drink. That's not shabby. I, I tells off my government and this and that. But when it comes to spending money, when you get on board with the Cayman Islands dollar, I mean government, they take care of you in that sense. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I got a good friend, somebody that you know, um, who was on the NICE program. Mm-hmm. And he said um, that when he did the first two weeks, that he would be going back in January. Mm-hmm. And why I mentioned that I was on the NICE program is to know that they ha- this is not a new thing to say you do two weeks in December, you do one week in January. Some Sometime mm-hmm. they will take you back in January. Okay. So he said that, so I know that, and I know that. Anyway, my friend said to me from a couple of days ago um, that he had received, I think it was some sort, but some sort of message from the government to say, and, and also that they had to go back today. But he received some sort of message, I guess, you know, via the phone mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be, that it was canceled for today. He didn't say, well, you know, they said we will get back in touch with you or anything going forward, you know. But he said that they did notify, at least some people got the notice. Maybe everybody didn't, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't get through to everybody or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some people were notified that it was canceled for today. Mm. So again, comes down to communication. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, you know, maybe better would have been done if they had given it to you and another one or two radio stations. I don't mm-hmm. know, but. It was. It wasn't that the everybody, you know, like seemed like everybody lucked out on this one. Um, mm-hmm. If more than one person or or a crowd turned up, it might be obvious that it is something wrong with how they were notified. But some people, some people, it, in other words, they did try to reach out to say there was a cancellation for the situation this morning. Mm. All right, my dear, um, just to yeah. let you know that uh, Soka's in the house today and she's sending her condolences to you. She says, sending love and hugs. And we also Hello, have some okay. other people who are listening says to please let Charlene know and condolences to her and Leroy, their children and the rest of the family. Thanks. Thanks much, ma'am. Thanks much. Okay, my dear. And tell Soka, happy new year for me. Uh, Soka, happy new year. Yes. Bye. Okay, dear. Thanks so much. So, Bye-bye. um... While we await our guests to come into the studio, I see KK is very anxious to hear about uh, what is the government bombshell this morning. Well, you got to keep tuned in because we can't start that conversation quite yet because that conversation is going to take a minute for us to get through. So we're going to um, do some other tidbits with UCCI this morning. We're just waiting. Um, we have Dr. Robertson, who is already... Um, in the back studio and ready. And then we're just waiting for one more representative from uh, the university as well. 
and um, they're going to be joining us. And then we're going to go over some details of what's going on over at UCCI. Good morning to Alice. Jonathan says the government has these people there. They should take a few of them and let them wash the windows at a hospital. The windows there are dirty. Well, Jonathan, you know, like I said, I, I do question the long-term plan with uh, individuals who participate in the NICE program because, um, you know, I have to wonder, is there not a way to offer them job opportunities within government? I mean, obviously, they have some skill sets that uh, roadworks could utilize or maybe not so much roadworks, but um, public works, right? Cleaning up the roadway and that sort of thing. So I continue to uh, wonder about this and um, I'm curious on can some of them not get permanent jobs? It would be great if, if we could somehow accommodate them. Um, is it a situation where people are happy to work for two weeks, three weeks at a time, but they don't have the stamina to get up every single morning and work? Because listen, this is hard work. This isn't, you know, child's play. Although <laughs> while the crew was on December, I did get a few complaints that some of them were out there. Uh, I got photos, some of them out there smoking on the job and sitting down drinking on the job and all sorts of stuff. Clearly, those individuals are not up for the task. But there are others who get up every single morning, crack a dawn, put on their walking shoes. They're out there in this hot sun doing their thing. So I would love to hear a bit more about um, has government thought long-term if they could not extend the NICE program into full-time program, but if they could not absorb some of those people into like public works or something because we've got listen beachways that need cleaning up the port area needs cleaning up you know how many complaints i received during um the new year's events about how much debris was on the beach from the fireworks and people leaving trash around and it wasn't cleaned up immediately so i would dare say that maybe some of those departments are short-staffed good morning caller yeah it's me again and um and talking about people wanting to work. The last um, crew that I was on, I mean, it, it was me. And you know, I know, I don't know, um, little goosling, I, I'm very long in the tooth, I'm old. Mm -hmm. And there was another Caymanian who um, grew up in the States partially and lived there for a long time. Some young people, you know, so it was a, a fair representation then, that's what I'm trying to get across, mm -hmm. of the demographic age-wise. Mm -hmm. Also, in their known personal capacities and economies. Mm -hmm. And the most thing, especially the woman that um, lived in the States for a long time, mm -hmm. she was, every day, that was her, her cry, why can't we get this work to do on a regular basis to keep Cayman clean, or if not, like a daily work, because I think for government too, the logistics are kind of, you know, for a long-term thing, mm -hmm. I they might need to go back to the drawing table. Mm -hmm. But that was her daily cry. I mean, I couldn't do it for a long period of time because mm -hmm. I had my mother. But, and there were people, I mean, people upon people who, who were just out working that I heard them say, 
We need this work. We need this work. We will do this work. Mm-hmm. We will do this work. So getting back to what you were saying, that, you know, you maybe can't take the entire 300 or 700 all the time, but then, you, again, you break it up then if you, if you have to. Mm-hmm. But the people will do the work because I heard it myself and without anybody kind of starting a conversation along the lines people were crying for work mm-hmm. yeah and i mean if people I, I, if people want to work um you know there should be there should be a way to um to get them to work yeah one way, one way or the other and yeah. especially like on the beach now after again after new year's for all that debris getting into the water with little fragments and, and, and smears of whatever it is that um you know makes these explosives um go mm-hmm. that would be a good thing to i think to get it off the beach mm-hmm. that it don't get in the water and all that kind of stuff yeah so. yeah that's an environmental concern amongst other things uh, but, um, absolutely well thank you so much i appreciate those additional yes, comments yes ma'am thank you bye. all right and jonathan says the windows at the hsa are so dirty that it's turning into mold what on earth um, Jonathan, as an authority, the HSA, I guess, outsources like their cleaning and that sort of thing, right? So this is the thing is that there's no central hiring agency within government. Remember back in the day, Jonathan, I don't know how old you are, so you might be a little bit too young to remember this, but remember when government, everything in government was centralized in terms of the hiring function, like there was one central HR department. And then somebody thought it was a more effective idea. I don't know if it was financially effective or just um, sort of procedurally effective to separate and give every single ministry its own HR department. And so now they have the function of like every single government ministry has an HR, senior HR manager. They have HR assistants. And then they all um, go about, um, you know, hiring for an individual ministry. Now, on the face of it, that certainly sounds like it would be more efficient, uh, you know, to have it handled at the ministerial level. I think it's also the idea is that you have individuals who are uh, better able to uh, say what expertise they need for a particular position, as opposed to like this centralized unit where you have thousands of jobs every single year being advertised. So um, I don't know in theory how well it has worked out for them because the complaints remain the same. If you have ever applied for a government job, you will know that the concept of it taking months and months and months to even get a reply or acknowledgement of your application, if you get one at all, I dare say, is... um, you know, it's just shocking. And, you know, government, all, oh, we had 100 applications for the one position. And I think, well, you know, there's automation and other things that can be done to assist you in handling those applications. Lots of questions, folks, lots and lots of questions about the civil service. And I tell you what, it's 2023, and I don't know about y'all, but since we've been talking about, about a world-class civil service for a minute, I'm raising my expectations. I'm actually expecting more of um, government across the board. And so, 
you know, after we're done with our guests this morning, we're going to talk about how already for 2023, I'm a bit disappointed. But before we get to why Sandy's disappointed, let's do a little bit of celebrating in the studio this morning. Let's have a good moment. We've got Dr. Robert uh, Robertson, who is in the house. Good morning, uh, Dr. Robertson. How are you? Good morning. Joining us from University College of the Cayman Islands, of course, I was reviewing your credentials, uh, Dr. Robinson, without a doubt. You are most certainly qualified over 25 years of experience leading award-winning organizations in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. He's got um, served as a business faculty member, MBA director, dean of business, VP of academic affairs, all of that before joining UCCI. He was also the first president of the Bahamas Technical and Vocational Institute. Wow, that's really great. Um, now that's interesting because I know that UCCI is really pushing the whole uh, TVET area. So I think that having someone with that specific uh, level of expertise will undoubtedly be really, really important. So uh, Dr. Robertson has a long list of degrees and certifications, including a doctorate in management and organization from Stirling University in Scotland. And he also holds three master's degrees and one bachelor's degree and five other post uh, graduate qualifications. Good morning. Good morning. So I'm so glad to see you here. Now, this is actually your first time, Dr. Uh, Robertson, um, as far as I know, speaking to media here in the Cayman Islands. So we do want to wish you a really warm welcome. We also have Dr. Paul uh, Puckrin, who is joining Dr. Robinson this morning. Good morning, Mr. Paul. Good morning, and thank you for the for the um, preempt of being doctor, but I'm not doctors yet. But I, I guess I, <laughs> but I guess it's a, it's a premonition that you it's have for me. So. Yes. yes, forward thinking. Uh, Dean thank you. Puckrin, Good morning, and, and happy new year to you and, and, and all your your listening. Yes, audience. absolutely. Uh, dean Puckering is a professional yeah. and technical education and training dean. So again, um, welcome and thank you. And yes, take that positivity of me calling you doctor this morning and turn it into, into doctorate. <laughs> so, um, uh oh, someone is saying that the show dropped out. Oh boy. So um, the flow issue may not be um, quite resolved yet. My apologies. Um, oh, it looks like our Facebook feed dropped out. Everything else seems okay. Hmm. So let me see what's going on there. Uh, no worries, Soka. Thanks for letting me know. You know, Soka, I suspect it probably has to do with um, our song this morning. I kind of wondered if that would be an issue, but all right, let me let me try to see. Uh, what we can do, and I'll advise you guys. But don't worry, we still got everything solid on YouTube. So continue to view us there while I troubleshoot this in the background. So you guys have a lot that's going on. Um, you're gearing up for a new semester. So before we get into the details of, of what you've got going on and how people can register, can you tell us, Dr. Robertson, you've been there now at the university for a few months. How are you finding things so far? Very good. Uh, lots of challenges, but not unexpected. I mean, there's uh, a lot of interest in uh, the trade courses in particular, as we as we see from the TVET registrations. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this year has been identified by the European Union as the year of skills. And 
I think we see in the Cayman Islands a lot of young people in particular, but also people of any age, frankly, uh, interested in either getting a skill or upgrading their skills. And so we have seen we have seen that translate into real numbers. And uh, Paul has done a, an excellent job in uh, in building those programs. And I think we still have some room to grow. But uh, he's looked upon in the Caribbean region as one of the real experts on TVET, and we're delighted to have him on the team here. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right, so very good. So, um, Paul, let's get into it. Um, you've got registration that's coming up now for spring of 2023. Uh, it's it's always a great idea for people to try to get in early. I'm sure your courses have limited spaces. So what is the application process and how can people get registered? Okay, well, thank you. And um, as you said, uh, we've been having some, some uh, technical challenges with people registering online. So just to put out there that we have extended during this first week until 7 p.m. so that especially those evening students who were not able to complete registration online or in person last week can do so this week up until 7 p.m. Um, they can come in person if they're still having difficulty doing it online. And uh, we'll have our, 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 our admissions persons and our finance persons there to accommodate them and to, to register them as well as to take the necessary fees that they will want to pay for either their program, either their continuing one-year program or their short course that they may be taking with us. But for those who want to go online and see if it is working for them from the comfort of their homes, it's at www.ucci.edu.ky slash myucci. And there they can see the different drop-down uh, options of which allows them to register either for their short course or their continuing course as well as the payment options on the portal uh, like i said if that's not um, accessible they can visit us today up until 7 p.m throughout this entire week so that we can help them get registered and be part of that program that they want to continue uh, this semester um, we are, as Dr. Robertson said, we are very excited about the growth in not only um, the TVET programs, but our, our master's programs. We, we really want to encourage those who, who want to pursue their master's in business and other areas that those are open this week also for registrations and, and they can come in and get more information as we roll out our different programs and make them more accessible to persons because we are making some more accessible online as well as face-to-face as well uh-huh. very good so there's online um registration options folks um dean Parkrin has just explained how incredibly easy it is for you to get registered so why don't we talk a little bit about what some of the courses are that um, ucci offers you know this is people always have new year's resolutions which i'm now understanding for your own mental health um, it's probably not a good idea to stress your out, yourself out too much in the new year. But, you know, as an ongoing sort of life improvement, professional development perspective, uh, there might be people who have been sitting back thinking about doing something now for a minute. And one of those things that they can do is improve their education, improve their skill set, um, the professional skill set. So let's talk about some of the specific areas that uh, UCCI offers, um, either TVET, or actual degree programs? 
So you, you started earlier with a discussion about public service and one of the programs we do have that, that I think is a good one is an executive master's degree in public administration. Now that's not for everybody obviously, but it is a, a very good program. Uh, it has a, a regional, but also a local context to it. And as public administration is very difficult these days, lots of different stakeholders, lots of budget problems, uh, a master's degree in public administration is something we see a lot of interest in. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, there's a graduate program in business administration uh, for people maybe interested in a, starting a business, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, sustainability is, is increasingly important in business. So we have, uh, we have quite a bit of interest in both of those programs. Um, one of the key things that I see, not only here, but also in the region is a phrase that, that goes like this, if you learn a skill, you can earn a living. And mm -hmm. so you see a lot of employers who are asking for competencies. The piece of paper is one thing, but can you actually do it? And one of right. the things that Paul's group is focusing on is industry recognized certifications. So one of them is NCCER, for example, we're now an NCCER center. That stands for the National Center for Construction, Education, and Research. Mm -hmm. A global uh, institution recognized globally. So uh, a young uh, Cayman Island uh, resident could go through a series of steps and be certified in a trade, for example, like plumbing, electrical, carpentry, et cetera. And that recognition bodes well for them to work not only here, but anywhere else in the world, frankly. Uh, mm -hmm. So that NCCER is something we're really, really pursuing. Um, interestingly, with respect to that program, it's not just registration this week. That program is ongoing. So we're really focusing on short, stackable programs where you can come in, say, in February, start a program, take a break, go to work, come back in April and pick up some additional credentials. Um, the NCCER actually gives you a card and you're registered and you can go, as I said, back and forth into and out of the program. And I think that reflects the reality of today's life. Uh, we don't think as uh, as people uh, like September to December or January to April like the old schools used to do. And so it's important to uh, recognize that our customers, our students, uh, have their lives and they'll come and go to school as they as they need. And so mm -hmm. the CER is one example of that. Uh, one final example, and I think this is really a big one for the Cayman Islands, but also globally, is IT, ICT. Uh, the technology of today's world is... Uh, is very important. We see in the Cayman Islands, we have companies here that are world class and they, they service businesses around the world seven days a week, uh, 52 weeks a year, you know, um, and they need people who know how to use technology. Uh, we have a series of uh, courses that are certified. Uh, we are at Cisco Academy. Uh, we're building a series of certificate uh, courses in ICT through Paul's area. Uh, that we're going to make widely available and hopefully introduce them into the high schools as well. So the thought would be a high school student could complete high school with a high school diploma and at the same time have a, a certificate in IT from UCCI, which would make them immediately uh, employable or alternatively give them advanced standing at a university program if they decided to do so. So it's yeah. kind of a different world today than it was, you know, five or 10 years ago. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's a different world than what it was last year, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's great that uh, UCCI is moving forward with the times because I think a lot of these uh, TBET related programs, which is technical, vocational and education um, training is so important. Now, Paul, we hear a lot in the community from people that came in doesn't have TBET. Um, you know, I can't tell you the amount of times that people on here is like, oh, we need more vocational programs. And I'm thinking, where are you guys living? 
because you know UCCI in particular and there are other institutions that offer a lot of opportunities. So can we sort of uh, do a bit of a deep dive into exactly what it is that you're offering? Um, everything from construction to real estate, computing, QuickBooks. I mean, let's break it down just a little bit here because people can take a course and learn how to utilize QuickBooks and that can get them a promotion at work. That could get them a new job in the accounts department. There are just so many uh, wonderful opportunities here if they could have a closer look at your TVET offerings. Yeah, I, and I think uh, you, you made a good point there, Sandra, in terms that the UCCI and, and there are other private organizations like the Public Works and others who are offering TVET programs. But the UCCI uh, specifically, uh, we are preparing them for continued lifelong learning in, in, our, in our programs. Um, like you said, they can start with a short course like QuickBooks or Introduction to Computer Applications, Real Estate, uh, Property Insurance, uh, and all these different courses, uh, bread making, um, cake baking and decorating, because they provide them with opportunities to become their own business owners. Um, as you know, ever so often, um, people are looking to have birthday parties and if you can make your own cakes and decorate them and, and then you're saving that money and, 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 and building your own career pathway. Uh, real estate is booming in, in the Cayman Islands. And so, you know, persons, uh, we prepare them to understand how the market functions, what are some of the opportunities, what are, how can they be a part of it? And then we, we look at the certification aspects of project management. Um, building and what are some of the aspects that can be involved in running or building your own home I know quite often that is sometimes the, the challenge that some persons have getting a contractor and understanding how to stay within budget how to, to, to keep their finances and so we are uh, rolling out a project management for construction um, around March and that will allow um small business owners large construction firms to get their project managers and officers certified and understand the different rudiments and how to make sure they keep their projects online we also have tourism courses by the way as well that paul is managing and i think for a country like the cayman islands with the competition in the region for tourism it's important not only that the big operations have you know skills in terms of tourism and customer service and support, uh -huh. et cetera, but also the mom and pop operations in the Airbnb. So we're really looking at what the country is about economically and trying to address the types of issues that are coming out of the economic changes that we've talked about briefly on this show. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The, the other point I would add, Ms. Sandra, is that yeah. we are, the UCC is very fortunate to be partnership with the Department of Tourism in terms of the, our tourism uh, courses that we offer. They sponsor the, the diploma in hospitality and tourism, where young Caymanians are fortunate to be sponsored fully to undertake training in either reception services, culinary or uh, dive, or um, food and beverage service. And they can then continue into the associate degree program. But we want to take it even further because we, are, we have them affiliated to City and Gills as their uh, international certification. And so we want to uh, this year reach out to business owners if they have specific areas that they want their staff to be trained in so that they can be 
upskilled and get their sitting gills in specific areas of the tourism product. Mm -hmm. That is also what we are open to, to expanding um, the partnership that we've started, that has been started by the Department of Tourism, to expand it to the wider Cayman Islands. As you know, tourism is our business yeah. and we need to do our part to make it work for us as well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. All right, so folks, again, um, spring registration uh, deadline is coming up. We're encouraging you to contact at UCCI. You can do the easiest ways probably on the website. But if people want to do face-to-face -face registration, um, Dean Puckering, I've got someone here who's saying that you've been so incredibly helpful. I've uh, been a tremendous help with guiding my son through his construction course at UCCI. Always available to provide excellent help. So there might Thank be you. some, you know, um, both young and older folks who, you know, are trying to get back into the swing of things who need a little bit more assistance. They're not as comfortable going online yes. and completing the registration process. Tell us how they can come in person and yes. actually ensure that they get registered as well. So if, if they can, if they have the means to start the process online, uh -huh. um, by, because it requires them to put in their basic information and probably upload a photo of themselves. Uh, that would give them a jump start. But once they've done that, then they can come in and complete the process. However, if they are not uh, computer savvy, they probably need to walk with their documents in hand, like their passport um, uh, or a valid photo ID of themselves and, and uh, so that it can be scanned while they're here so that they come prepared to complete the process and make their payments. So I think that's but we are open all this week to lend that assistance throughout the day and up until 7 p.m. for those who may be working so that we can ensure that they get registered for that specific program or course that they want to start or continue this semester. Okay. But like I said, if they can start it online by going to the website, um, enter the basic information for the specific course and upload um, basic photo um, of themselves. But if they don't have it, what with that passport, what with that birth certificate, or what, what with the documents and their payments. The other thing to note that those persons who are planning on becoming permanent residents, we also run the PR course and it starts this evening. So if you are one of those persons who submitted your documentation uh -huh. and you want to get extra help in preparing for that test, which comes up at the end of February, uh, do come in and, and, and register today with us so that you too can be a part of either this cohort or the next cohort because we seek to make sure that we meet the needs of whatever need you have uh, of training and upskilling and being part of, uh, of any training program that we are on. Oh, tell, me, tell me a little bit more. Um, I wasn't aware of that particular one, uh, Dean. Tell me a little bit more about that. What exactly is that course? The PR. Um, yes. So the... The permanent residence course, it, what it does, as you know, when persons are applying for their permanent residency, part of the requirement, they need to take a test about the Cayman Islands, about the history, the culture, society, etc. And so it is worth 20% of their overall score. And so the course we run helps them to, to score as much as possible of that 20%, because it is not about getting an A or B, but scoring as if they score 80%, it means they get 16 out of 20 of that score towards their final overall 100 or 115, whatever the final total is to, to meet the minimum requirement for permanent residency application. 
And so we run that course periodically and, uh, and then we will get from work what dates they will be running the exam and we will run this course in tandem so that students are prepared just before they take that exam. So for example, if an exam is coming up on the 25th of February, uh, our course will end around the 13th right so just in time to take that exam and then we'll run another cohort depending on the needs of the persons who have applied for the PR course so it's open to any person and we run it uh, at the UCCI and they can come in similarly fill up the application form and pay the necessary fees and join either this cohort or any other cohort throughout the year mm -hmm. wow, I just want to concur with what Badin's saying that you know really it's a smaller school and we really want to try to make people feel good and comfortable and successful so you know my suggestion at this point is come in uh, talk to somebody about the path, the timing of your course, how long it will take, and you know, really feel comfortable about it. And that's one of the values I think that UCCPI has is size and, and the ability to treat people as individuals. Uh, and that'll certainly put you in good stead in reaching your academic and career professional and personal goals. Yes, absolutely. Um, takes, takes me back to my, uh, my university days. Um, as the good Dr. Robertson was saying, that size can make a difference. You know, we were kind of thrown in in a deep end where you had a university with 30,000, 40,000 students. And, um, you know, though they did their best to um, give you a hands on experience, it isn't quite the same. So, um, again, folks, uh, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to find out more about what uh, UCCI has to offer. So, if you have any questions for them, give us a call at 936 2626. Again, that's 936-BOBO. And for those of you who, um, I see a few more messages coming in about the Facebook feed. Yes, unfortunately, Facebook seems to be having a little bit of a glitch this morning. So we have lost that feed, but you can always jump on. Remember, we're in more than one place every single morning. We're obviously in BOBO 89.1 FM. And you can also jump on to the YouTube feed, which seems to be solid and uh, still going quite well. So um, we're talking this morning with the University College of the Cayman Islands representatives. Uh, spring 2023 registration is upon us. Lots of wonderful courses that they have, both full-time and part-time courses available in the evenings. They've even got programs in the solar industry. Can you tell us a little bit about that, uh, Dr. Um, Dean? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's in the cards for you this year. Uh, Dean uh, uh, Pickering, tell us a little bit about the solar program as well. So as you know, before when we've done a previous form, the Rescindit project, uh, yes. where we, so that came out of that program where we had to develop a new and emerging project um, and solar photovoltaic is one such course that we are currently running uh, out of that program. And it is our anticipation that on completion that we will then expand it to the wider community and offer it as one of our, our normal offerings. Mm -hmm. um, to the to the public, as because as you know, part of the Cayman Islands project for for, for twenty thirty and beyond is to become more green efficient, more energy efficient, and so we will not just be running the course just for a SIMBIT project, but then it will be part of the UCCI's um, offerings um, to the wider public, uh, those who want to get into solar photovoltaic and things like that, and so we are trying to keep on the cutting edge of whatever courses um, if there are different courses that businesses think that they want their staff to be upskilled in 
um, we're open to, to working with them and partnering to, to, to develop that course or customize one that we may be having and tailor it to suit them and, and offer it to their staff so that they can be kept upskilled and, and, and be abreast with whatever um, competencies need to be had within the workplace, either private or public sector uh, mm. courses. Wow. So custom programs available, folks, if you're in the private or public sector, um, you can reach out to UCCI and they will assist you uh, looking at specific customization of, of programs for your workforce, for your team. So that's, again, another fantastic offering that um, I don't think anybody else on island is, is making available at this time. So um, a huge number of adult evening courses are going to be beginning in the spring of uh, 2023 as well. So we've got the real estate course. Um, I'm actually interested in that one for myself, I must tell you. Uh, construction, computing, QuickBooks, and project management. So tell us a little bit about some of the um, curriculum then for those particular programs. Okay. So the computer applications, they take persons from the start as if they did not have uh, understanding of how to use their computers, how to understand Word, how to to use the different fonts and the different applications in Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Those are the three areas that are focused on in the 14-week course that they are doing. Like you mentioned before, QuickBooks gives them a solid understanding of how to, to set up um, those different entries and how to manage. And what we've found is that most of our persons who do our QuickBooks program either get promotions in their jobs because it becomes by work related, or those persons move on um, to new jobs because of that skill that they've acquired um, by doing the QuickBooks course with us. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we probably want to look at this year is how can we link it to some kind of certification, um, you know, international certification recognition um, so that it takes them even further um, as far as having that qualification. Mm -hmm. the, Fundamentals of project management. Um, we that is delivered by one of our adjuncts who, who work with, um, with DART. So they, they are able to bring a wealth of knowledge and experience to those persons and it exposes them to the stages of a project planning, um, takes them through how to, to prepare, how to look at costing, how to look at um, factors of mitigation and how to, to deal with risk uh -huh. uh, that may occur in running or setting up a project, whether it's a project, a small project of, the, of running your own baking on this, uh, yeah, or even building a building on an additional room in the house, because that's a project that you may undertake, Sandra, you know, and so uh -huh. it helps you to understand what are some of the things or factors that you need to take into account if you're going to add on that extra room, you know, what what will it mean in terms of cost, in terms of time, in terms of, of, of it being delivered on time and within the budget that you had allocated for it? Because very often, you know, we may get persons tell us, well, it will cost you $10,000 and then halfway through, well, you'll need an extra 2000 and, you know, and, and you didn't plan for it. And so that brought, um, course, helps them to, 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 to deal with those kinds of, of things upfront so that they are able to better plan um, whatever activity or project they're undertaking. 
and then you have your cake baking, cake decorating, um, introduction, we'll be starting one this semester called Introduction to Property Insurance, understanding the intricacies of what is involved in, in getting insurance. Um, are you undervaluing your property? You know, if you're taking up insurance, are you taking it out under the value of the property and what happens? What are some of the factors that happens if you do that, that you, you know, your property is valued at 1 million, but you're taking up insurance for 800,000? You know, what are some of the impacts that that can have on your your property or your business? So things like that will be, be taken into account. Yes. Um, Very practical courses. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then you have uh, business writing, um, the principles of business writing um, that will how to craft emails and how to make them professional. You know, right often sometimes we just feel that we will just respond to an email and send it, but then after we hit send, we cannot take it back because it is already gone. Uh, so how to respond to, uh, professionally to emails, how to structure good business letters, how to communicate professionally within the work environment, things like that. Uh, how to make sure that documents that we send out are grammatically correct and, and things like that. So that's what the business writing of uh, course, seeks to look at. Very good. Yeah, business writing I always found um, was one thing that people struggled a lot with. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in my days of, of teaching um, professional, doing professional training, it was one that was most needed. You know, yeah. just some of, the, some of the basics, as you say, but it can really give you the confidence to be able to communicate um, with colleagues and others outside of your organization. So I think that's a fantastic course that everyone really should have a look at to see if it could be useful to them. So again, folks, um, the University College of the Cayman Islands is joining us this morning. They offer a number of TVET related courses, um, everything from construction technology. They've got evening courses. Uh, you can look at the solar program, nursing, um, science, electrical, uh, and business courses. So you definitely want to um, get in contact with them. Now let's talk a little bit about the National Center for Construction Education and Research and what this accreditation is all about. So this started actually, NCCER started in the 1980s in uh, the University of Florida, uh, mm -hmm. primarily to provide technical and, and uh, professional assistance to the construction of Disney World and other big projects in the Orlando area. Uh, there seemed to be a significant shortage in skilled trades men and women at that time in that area. So a number of construction companies got together and formed basically their own training program with the University of Florida. Uh -huh. Since the 1980s, it's now expanded so that it's in every state in the United States. It's also recognized in Canada and elsewhere in the world. And in, um, in the Caribbean, my experience is that it's rapidly gaining, gaining um, popularity. So for example, I know in the Bahamas, we were working towards NCCER certification. The Turks and Caicos were as well. Uh, but the first NCCER certified center in the Caribbean is right here at UCCEI. And so I think that's a real credit to Paul and his team in getting that up and running as quickly as he did. Uh, so companies look for people with that certification in the trades so that they can uh, verify that for either new construction or maintenance, they've got someone who is qualified in that particular trade to be able to manage that property. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, recently there was unfortunately a, a couple of deaths in a, in a resort in the Bahamas 
through carbon monoxide poisoning, and it appears that the people who were maintaining the HVAC units were not certified. That's a big problem. Uh, and so we need to have uh, people who are trained in those disciplines, not only for new construction, but also for maintenance. And we have the capacity to be able to do that here because we are, as I said, the only Caribbean center for recognized center for NCCER currently. That's amazing. Adding to what Dr. Robertson noted as well, what is unique about the NCCR is that it provides opportunity for upskilling of the craft instruct instructors because it allows option for them to be upskilled so that they understand how to deliver uh, the training. And it's also linked to the Pearson publishing in terms of it provides all of updated curricula and, and lesson plans so that persons who are delivering the training are not delivering ad hoc, but there is a standardized way of how it is done. And so that the quality assurance of the process is at a high standard. And so that persons, um, if it is being delivered um, by two different instructors, they, they should be delivering the same quality the same content so that when the students take the exam they should not feel like you know they were shortchanged in any ways and so i think one of the, the good things about it allows for standardization it allows for students to take um, modular exams when they're ready um, they can be reassessed in three days if they've fallen short of the past mark when they took the first exam and so it allows that great flexibility because you know in other exams, you have to wait a whole year um, to either retake it, uh, but in three days, a student can retake that exam. What we found is, though, that it is driven students to read more. Um, as, as you know, very often, reading uh, is, is something that is not very, um, very, very much that people like to do, you know? And uh -huh. so because the exams are linked exactly to the text and they, they, they show the students where they've fallen wrong, they, may, they wouldn't tell them what they got wrong, but they'll tell them the area where they had gotten, um, uh, where they've fallen short. And so the students are able to go back, um, upgrade themselves, uh, strengthen their, their knowledge base, um, in their text and then retake their, 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 their tests within uh, two to three days and then move on. And the registry, uh, the NCCR holds their grades for the students, yes? So it is held for them. Um, and, and that's a good thing about it. We've, we've had persons who would have been incarcerated. They would have started uh, the NCCR through Mr. Michael Miles. Uh, he's also a private uh, organization who has NCCR and he would have done the core curriculum and when that individual exited they were able to just come to the UCCI share that they completed that and continue training with us because they allowed for a continuity of the training process of the skills that they would have not fully gotten but are able to continue so the program allows for a continued and seamless um, training process of, 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 of skilling and, and acquiring of skills. Hmm, wonderful. All right, folks. So um, again, you know, if you would like to find out a bit more about the construction education research accreditation, by all means, um, contact UCCI. 
you know, the other thing we haven't talked about is finances. I mean, that's a big issue. Yeah, for me. you're People definitely going to get there. <laughs> I, I find the government has been extremely supportive here in the Cayman Islands in providing uh, tuition support for students to take upgrading and upskilling courses. And that, that also augurs well for, for an individual. So if, if students do have concerns about, you know, how am I going to fund this and, and what's the impact on me? Uh, again, if they can come in and talk to Paul or, you know, someone in the organization, I think we can steer them in the right direction so that they may be eligible for some financial assistance to, uh, to, to do what they want to do. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, I know that, you know, there's government scholarships. Sometimes there's private um, uh, private sector scholarships and stuff that are available as well. Does anyone still do, um, Paul, you can help me out here, but does anyone still do, I know at one point there was an annual publication, I think the chamber used to put it out with all of the various scholarship opportunities that people yes. could explore. It was still, yeah. It's still available? Yes, it's still available. Okay. Yeah, I think from time to time they write to us to ask what are our current courses so that they can compile it. So it is, it is very much still um, actively done. And um, as Dr. Roberts alluded to, to, having had the NCCR certification, what it has allowed us to see our evening students uh, being able to walk at graduation for the first time last year before, because their programs were not aligned or fully certifiable, um, they just completed and that was the end of it. But now they are able to walk at graduate, our annual graduation, like our full-time students and so that has been a, a booster for our evening students to, and, and we've seen enrollments increase as students are seeing the opportunity to be able to graduate um, you know uh, having completed uh, certification uh, that is recognizable across the world. That's an important point too because uh, historically people have looked down on sort of the blue-collar worker right and yet these courses from the NCCER they are um, they're they're available for credit at schools like the University of Florida, University of Central Florida. So they carry academic credit as well. So, in in some institutions, uh, the NCCER student at some point has decided, you know, I want to get into like managing my own company, uh, and so they've gone back and taken a business degree in addition to the NCCER certification. And you can't do that because these courses carry cross credit into academia. So they're, they're, it's very important to recognize that fact, I think. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right, now the other thing is you actually offer an online appointment by Zoom or even phone call to assist people with the registration process. So perhaps tell us a little bit about that, op that option in case someone can't get in to yeah, physically see you. That's, that's an important one too because we're under some construction here currently at the campus. We've got uh, some some uh, drainage issues that have been historically a problem in the front part of the campus and the construction on that makes it a little more difficult to get onto campus physically. It's much better today than it was last week, but so there are options available for someone to, uh, to set up an appointment and, and instead of coming in, just do the kind of registration process by Zoom and that's working out quite well. In fact, that, that occurred over the weekend on both Saturday and Sunday, I was here and we had uh, we had people either coming in for appointments or logging in for appointments by Zoom. So again, I think the point there is that, um, you know, we really want to see the students succeed. Our, our role here is to is to help them succeed, not to help them fail. Uh, and so we're ready to reach out to them and help them where they are, as opposed to forcing them into a situation that they just, you know, they just can't handle. Uh -huh. So on the website, they'll find the, the way into the Zoom and the appointment system. Registration continues all this week for the traditional courses. 
Uh, but for those other courses, as I mentioned, for many of those other courses, we'll have a series of uh, shorter courses, certified courses that will continue to go, you know, 12 months of the year. We'll be offering some courses in the summer that will be short, uh, certified courses as well, and then again in the fall. So we see this as really a, uh, an ongoing activity, not a, you know, a discrete activity that starts on a certain date and then ends. We, we have to really reflect on what the, uh, what the student wants, what the employers want. Hmm. Very good. All right, folks. So you guys know what to do. Uh, go to the UCCI website. Um, you know, you can contact them by email as well, admissions at ucci.edu.ky. Give them a call, 623-8224. They're open Monday at to Thursday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then Fridays, 8.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. to get all of your registration needs handled. So uh, don't feel shy. Uh, it's just a process and they're there to assist you to get through that. So is there anything else that we might have missed uh, this morning, gentlemen? I think we I think we covered most of it. I, I think it's yeah. important though just to you know remember that we do have ongoing registration, ongoing courses. And if you yes. have any questions about your needs, either as an employer or as an employee, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us and you know, we're also looking at uh, expanding our offerings in Cayman Brack. I, I know we have a small campus there, but there's increasing demand there. So we need to uh, recognize that our role as a national institution is to provide education nationally. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that that campus is served properly. We'll have a, a session there in the next couple of weeks to announce some, uh, some things to improve uh, the offerings there. But I'm excited by what is happening and I'm really excited by the quality of people that we have offering these courses at UCCEI, including uh, Dean Puckerin. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. All right. So again, uh, thanks very much for that additional information. Um, any questions, do give them a call. And they're going to be a re regular feature here on the program. So we're going to um, dig deep into all the offerings that UCCI has and, um, you know, just tell you guys a bit more about it. So we really appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having us. All right. So that was Dr. Paul, uh, Doctor. that was Dean <laughs> Paul uh, Puckering and Dr. Uh, Robert Robinson, both joining us this morning from the University College of the Cayman islands have a wonderful day thank you all right good folks so um there you have it so i'm aware that the feed the facebook feed is having an issue i'm seeing all of your comments unfortunately it doesn't look like there's much that we can do about it um hold on a second now hold on let me see what's going on here yeah so i don't uh don't really know uh-huh. What's happening with the feed this morning? But Facebook seems to be having some issues. I can try refreshing, but it does look like they're aware of the problem. And um, they've sent out a little notice saying, hey, we know that there's a problem. So I don't know. Uh, let me just see here. Yeah. Hmm. I'll refresh. I don't think this is going to help, though. I don't think refreshing is going to help. This is something else that's going on with Facebook. Oh, look, is it back online? I don't know. No. All right. So this was the message that we got this morning. Someone from Flow reaching out saying, is it us? And it isn't. Thank you so much for the Flow team for asking. But no, this just seems like this. This is what it said. We're having trouble streaming to Facebook. I've seen this issue before. And uh, it's just a compatibility thing. You know, nothing's perfect in life, folks. I know some of y'all might have missed that memo. Let me just refresh. Hold on one second. But the And um, see, I refreshed didn't really help. 
So there you go. Uh, YouTube, we are live and direct. Now, did I? Uh, uh, yeah, that didn't help. All right, nothing nothing we can do about the Facebook feed, folks. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the YouTube feed. Let's move on. You can listen on Bobo 89.1 FM. You can stream it on Bobo's website as well. And um, you can also watch it on YouTube. So a lot of you swapped over to YouTube. Let's get the conversation going. Uh, yes, it's a Facebook issue. Yes. Um, all right. So there you have it. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back after these brief messages from Burger King. Whopping news! Burger King K-Man is turning 40 years old and celebrating by giving away over $40,000 of prizes. Just spend $4 to receive a scratch card for your chance to win thousands of food prizes, Burger King merch, and the king of prizes. 10 cash prizes of $1,982. From December 23rd till February 1st, visit your favorite BK location to win big with Burger King's 40th anniversary. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. Welcome back. Everybody's message me. What happened? YouTube. YouTube's working. <laughs> I know. Y'all, do y'all really prefer? I, I mean, I know you do because we always have more viewers on Facebook. But um, YouTube is uh, working perfectly fine. Now, y'all not paying attention. I'm literally sending out messages to people saying, just go to the YouTube feed. And you turn around and still ask. What's going on with the feed? Uh, I just said go to the YouTube feed. Caller, good morning. Happy Monday. Good morning, Miss. <laughs> yes, uh, and to you too, Miss Sandra, and your family. Thank you so um, much. Miss um, Sandra, is the guests from UCCI, are uh -huh. they still on? No, or? they just left. Okay. Uh -huh. And then before that, you were touching on about the clean up of the road mm -hmm. okay so i got i got an update um, on that which i'll get to in a second but go ahead let me hear your thoughts this morning okay in cleaning up the roads mm -hmm. we also need i don't know who is their boss or or who says what got to be done mm -hmm. we also need that they go in Inside of the cemeteries, inside by the walls of the, of the cemeteries, mm -hmm. where all of the the um, like uh, the, uh, the fresh flowers mm. and stuff, Charity, they're piling they up. They and, steal them now. I don't know if you can hardly find them anymore. Sorry. <laughs> no, I said they steal the flowers now. So. I don't know if you're going to find yeah, too many it, of those, but. Yes, yeah, yes. And they, uh, and and all ones that they had on the, on the grave, maybe for for years, for what I know, it's piling up by each cemetery. Then the walls of the cemetery need to be pressure washed and painted. You know, some of us. Have on on the headstones gone but not forgotten. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're the ones that you see that has a lot of burrs, bush around, 
Some of them, like I said, not everyone. And I know this because I have quite a lot of of family loud ones that is buried in the West Bay Cemetery. And that needs attention. Also the 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 Georgetown. I can't I can't say anything about the Bonton because I haven't been in that area for for a little while. We usually take um, Sunday drives, but let's see if we can. Because by the West Bay Cemetery is a snorkeling area, but um, for the tourists, and they always go there, mm-hmm. and some of them walk right through the cemetery and read and look. Then again. Some people goes down in the cemetery mm-hmm. and smoke and drink and left their their cans there and the bear cans there and the cigarette butts there mm-hmm. with no respect of the people that are are buried there. Is I was wondering if those scene cleanup people could not at least take some of those dried up stuff and and old vases and all this that is piling up and piling up and piling up. And they at the West Bay Cemetery they had about they got about uh, three four different piles now, mm. and and we can get to pressure wash and paint. Or, or cemeteries and and things like that because that is a part of our community that is a part of the island then uh, uh, one other thing I want to touch basis on we heard the UCCI people speaking about the courses and stuff and I know that they're not responsible for this mm-hmm. I know that our immigration um, People are responsible. They're they're Caymanians. Could it's in a way that we can stop uh, these these major um, hotels, with hotels all over the world, from hiring people as doormen and desk clerks mm-hmm. from Nepal, from Africa. Doormen opening our, 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 our doors to tourists, people checking in at the counter. Some are our major hotel. Ritz Carlton is, is number one on that. We Can we not hire Caymanians? And I know of, of people that hotels hire from abroad and then turn around and Teach them how to be waitresses and bartenders. Mm-hmm. But God's sake, what is happening? It needs to be checked out. Mm-hmm. And this is the this is the is the God in heaven truth that the Lord loves to hear the truth. We have foreigners coming in here. That's already the permits are already granted before they set foot in this island mm. and we can teach them how to be waitresses and bartenders 
and front desk clerks, honestly, hmm. do, do people know what's going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, do, do they read? Whopping news! People? You keep you keep saying that you keep repeating these things, mm-hmm. but I, sometimes I wonder if anything gets through to the, to what we call our leaders. <laughs> I, you can't blame it all on the leaders, but we have an immigration department. Check these people out. Are are they even qualified? Mm-hmm. No, I know I know of two. Mm-hmm. But they're teaching them how to be waitresses. Really? So what were you doing back in your country? Anyway, Sandra, oh my gosh, it just my gets dear. me so angry. It gets me so angry sometimes at this small island mm. and, 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 and these things are happening. Whereas mm. in bigger places like Singapore and stuff, they got laws and they enforce them. We're not doing that. That's mm. number one on the book. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I tell you, it it is a royal mess, folks. Um, good morning. Are you attempting to reach the program? Hello. Good morning. Hi. Morning. You're on air live. Yes, ma'am. Good okay. morning. I'm, I'm very. J- just to yeah. let you know, you're actually not calling the show number, though. So. Um, you're not calling the proper show number. You're actually calling my, my personal number, but I still have you live. I need to talk to you. I'm very fearful for my, my daughter-in-law. Okay. Because this girl, Nicole, this girl, whatever she named, this girl is mentally sick, I think. She's, I don't know what to say she is. This poor girl cannot live in peace. And my life is wrecking because of this girl. And government can't do nothing about this girl, Miss, 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 Miss Andrea. Um, who, t- wh- you got to back up now. Who, who you're talking about? I'm talking about my, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter and, uh, uh, I'm, yes. I'm talking about mom. Uh, but what's the situation? Because we, we seem a little. The one that into the show the other day. Oh, that was your daughter-in-law on yes, Friday? Ma'am. That was talking yes, about the, the cheating husband and the other woman? Yes, ma'am. Just okay. This girl is talking them. That's not right. In our show, what happened? I heard in our car. Mm-hmm. Leave from my house, that show a cop, show a cap on our head. Talking over my next bus, over by our workplace. Talking this girl on our old bus. This is not right. And then, then she going to send message that, that, she not want to cause any problem, but whatever, whatever. Government cannot do something about her, ma'am. This, this is not just us. This is long time she's been doing this, you know. This is wrong. So you, you're saying that you're having some experiences with... Yeah, I'm um, fear, I'm fear, I am fearful for my daughter-in-law. Because this girl might go to anything on the road. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and her husband tell her, this girl, that... He's the one nothing to do with her. You have a wife, you know, to do with her. He's over it, done over it. He even talk to her in front of the wife. Mm-hmm. This girl said it's your life and the poor boy. Mm. It, it's such a shame because um, obviously your son-in-law has um, introduced this situation. I mean, he has to take some responsibility here. 
for getting involved with this Dominican girl who seems a little bit crazy. Well, it's it's not it's not government that has to do something. It's the police. It's the police that should be doing something about it. Wish I had a better answer for you, but I think the police need to need to step it up for sure. Um, and I think the police need to step it up because, um, you know, I'm sure but she's. Let's see if we can't get the police. Uh, we'll, re- we'll reach out to them on your behalf and they see. All right, my dear. Mm-hmm. All right, my dear. Thanks very much. My dear, thank you so much. All right, thank you, ma'am. All right, dear. Okay, um, what a hot mess. So apparently, uh, I was just checking my messages. What's what's happening is somebody said, Oh, I'm sick and tired of this saga. What what is happening, folks, is the young lady is um she is getting more and more um aggressive. So um, we got footage this morning that says now she's parking off at my workplace. So um, let me show you the video that was sent. I don't know where she's supposed to be in this video, but maybe we'll eventually get to it. Let's see here. Uh, 
Where is she? Uh, this video is very long. What, what, what are we looking at? Where is she? Mm-hmm. Okay, is that her parking there? So it looks like this woman works. Um, she she started the video a lot <laughs> way before she got to work, obviously. Okay, so we see the parking lot. This looks like um somewhere in West Bay Road. Uh-huh. Okay. So I, I must have missed it because that video was so long. Um, why not just show us like the picture of her at your workplace where this video just goes on and on and on and on. What am I looking at? Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I think the bottom line is this is this is now quite ridiculous and serious. Um, I don't know which car is supposed to be hers exactly. But um, why is the video so long? <sighs> um, yeah, it seems like this this woman has definitely gone a little bit crazy. Um, so like I said, she must have had daydreams of getting status through that husband, honey chill. And so that has her all excited. And now the wife is getting in the way. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I just don't know. It, it's. Uh, it's. It's quite a. Quite a predicament. I can tell you that people have ended up in court for far less than this, for just sending somebody a text message that they didn't like. So why the police are not doing anything about this has me baffled. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is unavailable. Really ID funny. four. Um, <clears throat> I was gonna see if we could reach her again to see what 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 madness is this. Mm -mm. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is unavailable. ID. All of her numbers are unavailable, honey chill. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um. Can somebody in the RCIPS please take this situation in hand and deal with it? Because um, normally what happens in a situation like this is that someone is going to end up getting hurt. And before we get to that point, I would hope that the authorities could actually um, do something about this. It, it really isn't rocket science. Yeah. So what what's the delay? What's the situation? Why are they not doing anything about it? Only God knows. But I think it's time now for, um, for something to be done. It's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I can understand why this young lady is probably feeling a bit afraid as well. Okay. Just trying to see if I could, um, 
if I could reach her in any way, because I'm, I'm I'm curious about what's going on in in this other woman's head right now. I mean, at some point you got to give up. I mean, obviously, uh, she says that I was walking across to go video her, and she drove off the blue car. Okay, Lord have mercy. Uh uh no sir. These people are special, boy. I tell you what. Huh? Huh? Let me see if I can um I'll see if we can uh, obviously her straight line calling doesn't work. Let's see if we can add her in WhatsApp and have any better luck. Um all right. Anyway, we have some clarification now on the other situation. As it relates to um, the NICE program. So let me try to break this down because, once again, it seems to me that this is just poor uh, communication. And um, right hand, not knowing what the left hand is doing, and right hand, left hand, nobody seems to be communicating as they should be. And um, that is leading to some issues. So ironically enough, apparently the minister is on, Minister Jay Ebanks is actually on um, Radio Cayman this morning saying that the program starts on Wednesday. <laughs> Somebody didn't send him the memo either, apparently, because he's giving out incorrect information. Oh, Jesus. Seriously? Hmm. So, um... Yeah, there you know. Uh, all right, and I have I have information too on, on the Jamaica murder situation, so I'll get to that in a second. So here's here's what, and I, I appreciate when civil servants listen to the program and they're responsive. So this um, is a message directly from Mr. Crosby Solomon, who's the works manager for the NICE program. He says, I just want to clarify that nobody was contacted to come out to start work this morning. Once we have the starting dates confirmed, there will uh, then we will call each person individually and let them know. This is how the process works uh, because um, each individual, and then something got a little bit confused there, but um, not worked the entire time due to the number of people registered. So in other words, not everyone who's registered will necessarily get work. It's, you know, depending on, I guess, budget constraints and how many people they need. And so he goes on to say that whenever we get confirmed dates, we will be contacting all of the nice workers. Thanks and have a blessed day. So again, someone had messaged me saying, well, the minister is on Radio Cayman now saying that it starts, it resumes on Wednesday. And so I asked uh, Mr. Crosby this, and he clarified. He said, all departments were notified last week that the January project was postponed until further notice, and no work would be starting on Wednesday. So I don't know where the minister, somebody didn't update the minister, or he's confused, I don't know. And uh, he goes on to say, one caller from Westway was saying that DEH started from last week. Nobody started the nice work last week. There's been no formal communication made with any nice workers to resume duties for January, 2023 and um, communication involving the dates were only among civil servants 
and workers were notified that they were to await formal notification of their assigned working period. So it seems to me that there is a degree of confusion mm. uh, about what's going on here. And all I can say is somebody needs to probably get it together. The minister's confused because now he's over at Radio Cayman giving out erroneous information. Thank God there weren't that many people listening to Radio Cayman this morning on YouTube. I think I saw maybe 21 people. But, you know, 21 people will tell another 50 people this incorrect information. So this is where you gotta, you got to be careful um, how news spreads. Shall we do try to get it from the horse's mouth whenever we can. So thank you, Mr. Crosby. Let's be very, very clear. Well, you heard, if you were listening to Radio Cayman this morning, see, see it there, 21 people. If you were listening to them this morning, you may have been given incorrect information. Um, obviously, I wasn't listening, but I'm having people message me saying the minister's on there claiming it's starting on Wednesday. Can somebody please tell the minister that you heard on Mall Road it's not starting on Wednesday and pass it along to all your friends? Because now anyone in the NICE program is, is woefully confused about when this is starting. No start date on Wednesday. You will be contacted by whoever's organizing this, Mr. Crosby and his team, if your services are required to be part of um, this cohort of cleanup for January. Everybody understands? Crystal clear? Because it looked like it was clear as mud before. Um, someone was asking about a WhatsApp group. I guess they don't have that necessarily. I'm sure the list change, changes all the time, so I'm not really sure um, how effective that would be, but they say that they will call everyone. So uh, Debbie says, agree with your caller. Why do we have foreigners doing jobs commandants can do even in the government house? It's a fair question, and um, unfortunately, it cuts both ways. So I went to the Westin when they had the um, Cayman Classic here. And I was really pleased, some of you might have seen me post it on social media, to see some of the um, doormen. Um, I don't know if that's their official title, but they were at the door helping people with their luggage and so on. They were young Caymanians, young men, who were assisting in that capacity. Now, our people need to step up and also want to apply for those jobs. Because a lot of times you hear Caymanians complaining that I don't see Caymanians as waiters, waitresses, whatever. And I find that sometimes the problem is Caymanians are actually not applying for the jobs. So if they're not applying for the jobs and doing their part, you can't force an organization to hire somebody who doesn't even apply. Hmm? What, what are we going to do in that situation? We would love to know all of the individuals on the forefront of our tourism industry are Caymanians, but let's be honest. A lot of Caymanians have no interest in tourism. They wanna be working as a bank teller, probably making way less money, but because they're in air conditioning all day and the hustle factor is not quite as much, they're sitting down in a nice cushy chair. Some of them don't look all that comfortable, but anyway. They wanna be able to put on a little necktie and dress up and just have people see them walking into the bank every day. And they think that that's better than working as a bellboy 
like I said, where you can get decent tips and make all kind of money. So it's a bit of a um, double-edged sword, if you will. Get it together, Caymanians. We can't complain that they're not hiring us if we're not even applying for the jobs. Uh-uh. Let's talk about this lady who was arrested um, in Cayman for murder. Oh, Jesus. You ask yourself, how the hell does this even happen? Well, it was the same question that I was asking myself too. How did she get here? You know the irony of it? We're going to go into overtime this morning, so don't worry. We're going to get to all the sis. The irony of it is Jamaica, um, I was talking to you guys last week about my concerns about this whole visa thing, why we have reciprocated it, uh, the removal of the visa requirement for people under 15 and for the elderly, I think it's 70 and up. And they, meanwhile, have not reciprocated that at all. In fact, not only have they not reciprocated it, my sources have told me that the Jamaican government has been trying to lobby the Cayman government to lift it completely. Now, you know they got to be out of their goddamn mind. I am so sorry, but they must be crazy. And this is but another perfect example of why we cannot lift it. And yet we see it not working that well. Well, here's why. There's a very logical reason how this woman got in here. And geez, I'm peace, I tell you what. Can we please, please rely on some technology to try to deal with some of this situation? But it's not going to help much because Jamaica is like the wild, wild west, honey child. They don't got no technology over there either. So we can get all the technology in the world. It's only going to do so much to protect our borders. If we have people coming in from Jamaica and they don't have the technology on their end, well, it's only so useful, right? Let's talk about it. How did a murderer get into Cayman? Turns out she applied for a work permit. <laughs> mm -mm. Lord have mercy. She applied for a work permit, went through the work permit process, got a clean police record, and walked right into the Cayman Islands completely legally. Can I say that again? Even our work permit system requiring a police clearance certificate is not foolproof and it has not worked in this particular case. How do you ask? Well, she thought she was smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't use her correct name. Well, if it's that easy to get a police clearance in Jamaica with a fake name when you just murdered someone, I mean, I have some real questions about what's going on in Jamaica, but let me be very, very honest. Now, I don't want to offend my Jamaican friends this morning, but some of y'all might get offended. Jamaica is not the place of law-abiding citizens, no matter how you slice it, <laughs> right? There is a level of, even when I was there, you know, um, I let my husband say certain things about his own country. And in my mind, I'm saying certain things, but I don't always let it come out of my mouth. I listen to them and they themselves talk about how lawless Jamaicans are as a general, not everybody, but just generally speaking, they make up their own laws. Even on the roadway, they make up their own liens. You know, you see them doing stuff in traffic and you're like, what the hell? What kind of driving is that? Oh, ch um, child, here in Jamaica, we're just lawless. And I'm thinking, 
that's the norm. That's okay. Like you say that so nonchalant, like it's really not a big deal. That's my poor Andrew, what his name is, holiness. He couldn't control nobody during COVID. At some point he just gave up. He's like, you know what? Go out there and kill yourselves. Go have all the parties and functions. Not even his own ministers of government could he control. They were out there partying during COVID and having the best time with COVID regulations in place. There's just this sense of, you know, we do whatever the hell it is that we want to do and we not business. So apparently, this is what my high-level sources are telling me this morning. She came in on a work permit. The Jamaicans didn't know her correct name, issued her a clean police record, and when they eventually determined her correct identity, they informed the authorities here in the Cayman Islands. And they say it's very difficult to stop someone from coming in those circumstances. Well, if that is the case, how many other people you think might be here with an incorrect name and the Jamaican authorities haven't figured, figured it out yet? And so we got murderers, child molesters, rapists, everything right here in this jurisdiction. I'm just saying. It is the truth. And I says, but that's, this, this is what I respond to my government source. I said, but that's pure slackness. And they said, not really. No one in Jamaica goes by their correct name. Do you see what I'm telling you? It's that type of mentality. I was like, what? Okay, nobody in Jamaica. Because I, I get it. Everybody has a, a side name and whatever, just like they have a side chick. The side names are just as common. But I'm like, when you say something like that to me, I'm just like, right. And that is why we need to make sure on our end that we're tightening our borders as much as we possibly can. It's bad enough that the illegal ones come here off the little canoe boats. But my God, we can give them legal access through the work permit system because they don't use their, their correct name and anybody apparently can get a, a, a police clearance. How is that possible? She has to have a passport. You mean to tell me your passport don't have your correct name on it? Whose passport are you using? Like, I just have so many questions about the type of documentation that would have been presented that allowed this woman to just jump on Cayman Airways and come here untouched. We'll keep digging because that answer does not give me any comfort. You know, I don't know. But I also know that in a lot of jurisdictions, and Jamaica is certainly no exception, it is very, very easy to get fake documents as well. Hmm. Y'all better wake up, honey chow. Hey, Mel. Um, don't know what's going on with the Facebook feed this morning. Apparently, they're having some issues. Um, I am streaming it on my personal page if you guys are desperate to get on Facebook. Um you can jump on there and it seems to be working there. It's just a page. Uh, so it's not that Facebook has blocked it in any way. It's just that there's some sort of something going on today. So we're on YouTube and I have, like I said, streamed it to my personal Facebook page as well. And I've opened that up so that everybody can get access to it. So give me one second and I'll share the link in case you're desperate to get back on Facebook. Um, yeah, I, I, this just baffles me. I don't know. Mm -mm. 
So Sandra says, not everyone will get work, yet we have 56,000 expats on work permit. What a crying shame. Government, wake up. <laughs> you know what I find so interesting, Sandra, is um, it's funny when expats, in particular Jamaicans, get Cayman status. And then they say that all of a sudden they're no longer able to find a job now that they have Cayman status. You know me, honey child, I'd be like, give it back. <laughs> Clearly, it's not really a benefit, so just give it back, right? It's it's a hot mess, and it's a combination of um, different things, really. So Toby says that most places are posting job adverts, and then they don't get back to you. Sadly, many Caymanians are unemployed. And again, you know, all of this in my mind should be um, something that is is tightened up quite a bit. And so you question who's checking this. This is works. Um, responsibility? Are they making sure that when people apply now, everybody's supposed to be mandatory registration on the uh, government job portal? They need people to be checking and make sure. Like if the company says, you've got to interview, but this is what happened, because sometimes these companies do lie. You need to be in a position to contact those Caymanians and say, did you actually get interviewed? What is your feedback? What happened? So government struggles and the civil service struggles with doing their own job, much less when they take on tasks like this, where they're actually trying to be regulators and regulate specific industries. Hmm. It's, it's a thing. And it's a real question, to be honest. Johan, good morning. Um, he's always here with his salty comments. <laughs> All right, Aliano says I'm applying. I think I think Caymanian applying are discouraged mostly by working hours and lack of job security. But you can't have it both ways, Aliano. So you can't say, oh, I don't want to work in tourism or the hotel industry because of the hours. The hours are what they are. And so you make some adjustments, and you know, there's different seasons in your life. So there might be a time when it isn't possible for you to be um working a nine to five, you've got to be flexible and you work whatever you want. But those types of jobs are oftentimes ideal for younger folks, for students and so on. And then you find that some people want to make it a career. Now, let me be very honest. Here's the crux of this, Aliano. Lots of Caymanians want a nine to five job. Yes? Because they're going to tell you, oh, you know, I got family obligations. I got to go to church. I got to do this. I got to do that. So a lot of times um, they're not interested in these types of jobs because of the hours. No restaurant job is easy, whether you're a chef, a busboy, a bartender, or whatever. These are long uh, working hours and sometimes can be physically strenuous and stuff as well. And not everybody wants that type of life. If they don't want the job, like I said, we cannot force them to do it. Uh, Sonia is asking about gold being found in Jamaica. Somebody sent me that um, post and I couldn't quite make sense of it because the person said, oh, now the Americans are going to go in and raid Jamaica. I don't know what kind of gold we're talking about, honey. Um, if it's one little gold bar, nobody not running over there to be raid nobody. Uh, that's really not going to help the people very much, to be honest. The governments are something else all over the world, though, because... One of the observations I made with my in-laws is how they're always cussing the Jamaican government. They can't even fix the roads. Every road has a pothole. And they're like, we don't know what the government does with our money. And they're taxing us and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, geez, I'm peace. 
Same thing all over the world, child. Because we say the same thing over here sometimes too. Why do we have such bad infrastructure? Where does the money go? Hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just a mess. Hmm. All right. Um, I'm trying to clarify this because I'm I'm like, what she had a passport. Uh but how do you get anyway? I'm gonna get some additional details on this because this story looks like it keeps giving. It's the gift that keeps giving. All right, let me talk about um Real Deal says government isn't doing anything about it. Uh, Natasha says anything can be purchased illegally in Jamaica. Uh, Sandra says lucky she did not marry Kimanin and get the right to a family life, child. I guess she didn't have enough time for that quite yet, but she's probably working on it. Um, oh, gosh. Real Deal says that Jamaica is the most undisciplined society in the Western Hemisphere. I've been to Haiti and seen much better behavior. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to agree with you in that front, though. I mean, Haiti's a totally different cup of tea, honey, chill. I don't know where in Haiti you went or how long ago that was, but they take lawlessness to a very different level. And I, I would not compare when it comes to that. I think I think in the everyday life, um, Jamaicans know they can always slip somebody a couple of dollars and um, stuff is just going to happen. Stuff is going to get done. And you're like, how do you do this? You know? But I think when it comes to hardcore crime and murders and kidnappings and whatever, nobody can touch the Haitians. And I mean, right now, at this time in history, they're doing some stuff that is astonishing. I'm going to talk about it, maybe not this week, but by next week, I'm going to share some stuff with you guys. Uh, so um, Tamika says, Sandra, I'm with you. I love my country, but some of the people are another story. Erevlin says, Kaboom! Um, Toby says, not surprised, more so disappointed. Proper due diligence must be undergone and a police clearance is not enough. Did no one verify this information? Well, I can tell you what, most of the police clearances are taken at face value. Nobody's verifying it. So this is what I'm, just to clarify what I'm understanding is everything was in the correct name. The police in Jamaica didn't know her true identity immediately after the crime was committed. The visa system has kept thousands of criminals out. And as you uh, as you have to get a police clearance to apply for a visa, they didn't discover her true name until later on. And then they informed the Cayman authorities. Okay, I see. So again, in Jamaica, quite frankly, they don't have their situation together. <laughs> Once again, that does not surprise me one bit. And that is why we can't always rely on, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't always rely on somebody else in terms of another agency to do your checks and balances for you. You have got to be prepared to do it yourself. So living in Jamaica, she had some other name. This is why sometimes you don't want to be fast tracking no applications, honey child. 
Uh, we need to start building that fingerprint database system. Hell, as far as I'm concerned, we better start scanning their eyes too. Get all the available biometrics that we can. Because we're headed for um, some serious times now where people will be able to skirt through processes and systems and you better be triple checking who they claim they are. Remember back in the day when everybody was applying for status or uh, permanent res residency, you had to be put, your name had to be put in the newspaper. And if anybody had any objections, it was kind of like um, the marriage situation. If you have any objections, speak now or forever hold your peace. And so, you know, people would say, hold on, they'd write into immigration, hold on, I know that woman, look again. Oh. Mm -mm. So, um, concerning, maybe we need to go back to that and do it online and social media. So everybody can look at who's trying to get a work permit and came in. You might be surprised how many people overseas, oh, wait a minute. He was the church pedophile. Are you sure you want to hire him? Mm-hmm. Mm -mm. um, thank you, Miss Allen. She says fingerprinting. Um, Johan says, thankfully, she was apprehended by the authorities. Yes, finally. How long was she here for, by the way? Let me ask this question. And then do you ever wonder about the employers themselves? Um, what kind of work was she doing? You know, I'm, I'm curious because that means that the employers themselves are doing zero vetting of someone that they're taking out a work permit for. You just take them at face value. Oh, I just put in a, and this person applied and I'm just going to accept them. And I'm not going to ask any questions, no references, no double checking people in the community. Because even as big as Jamaica is, you'll still find whatever community she claims she's from. Um, if you are in a position to ask a few questions on the ground, you might be surprised what you find out. So Bonnie says fingerprints needs to be done. But like I said, the fingerprints printing system, any biometric system will only work if it's being utilized properly on the other end. If Jamaica has no biometric system, we can get all the biometric system in the world. The only thing that we're doing is collating the data. We're just pulling it together and waiting for somebody else to get their stuff together so that it can be useful and meaningful information. Hmm. Y'all have to remember why we implemented, I said this last week, why we implemented the visa system for Jamaicans in the first place, because it wasn't always there. It was after Hurricane Ivan. When we had a free for all, we we're like, oh, we need to help rebuilding. Come on in. And every Tom, Dick, Harry, Don of the neighborhoods, head of Tivoli Gardens Association, they were all coming in by the boatload, claiming that they could do construction work and they could help us as a country rebuild and get it back together, except we were getting some hardcore criminals coming right on Cayman Airways, right across the border. And we had no clue who they were. Same thing with Honduras. We've had gang members from Honduras before come to Cayman, walk in the streets with all their gang tattoos and, and logos, whatever they call them these days. And we had no clue who they were. And it was the citizens on the streets saying, oh my God, this person is a known gangster. The, this is the, um, what is that one, Calle 
13 or whatever it is in Honduras, that's a very, very serious gang. And they walk around our streets with their gang symbols, but because our people, our immigration people didn't have a clue, we were just letting them in. So um, it's a necessary situation. That we need to get on top of. All right. Let's um, MS-13. Thank you, Soka. <laughs> Hear me talking about Kaye 13. I knew 13 was in there somewhere. MS-13. Thank you. I appreciate it. Kaye 13, MS-13. There you go. Um, Symphonies of the Reef says, and police run ex- extortions to get paid because they don't have a government. Um, oh, this is in Haiti where they steal gas and sell. Yeah, listen, Haiti is, oh my God, my heart actually breaks for what is happening in Haiti because it is far worse than any of us, unless you're really keeping up with the news. It is far worse than any of you could ever imagine. Believe me, you, it is shocking. When I was in the US around December 23rd, I was listening to NPR. They were talking to one of the experts about what's happening in Haiti. And I was literally, I was driving from Fort Lauderdale to Miami, uh, early morning drive, and I was in a a state of complete shock by what I was hearing. I felt so bad for those people. Not bad enough to open our borders. (laughs) Let me be very clear. (sighs) Cubans being accused of stealing kunk. Stealing now over 300 kunk. Um, supposedly the police are, are dealing with the situation, DEH, whatever. We can't hear anything official on it, but these are the allegations. They've broken into somebody's house and breakers. Um, we're hearing allegations of stealing from the donation bin at the Red Cross, all of these things. But let me clarify one thing that they did not do. So the initial word is there's some sort of a standoff on Saturday evening down by um, off of Mary Street, there's a little church in there. And so the initial word on the street was it was Cubans involved in that. And I received very, very quick confirmation that that particular incident were not Cuban nationals. We're still waiting for the police to tell us actually what was going on. But I'm happy to say that in that instance, that was not them. But they seem to be up to quite a bit of interesting behavior um, outside of that as well. And again, we don't know who these people are. Come here with no identification, no nothing. But I can assure you that we're not getting la creme de creme. We're not getting, um, you know, the most desirable people. You know, people are calling police because they're walking in public streets and these guys are cat calling to them and saying very, let me put it this way. In this country, it's a criminal offense called insulting the modesty of a woman talking about what they want to do to her in the most vile language. And sometimes it's being said in front of children and to teenagers. Y'all need to talk to these Cuban refugees because we're not about that life here. And so, you know, everyone is calling on the government to, to do a better job of expediting them a lot quicker than they are. This situation is gonna continue to escalate and come to head if we don't have a quicker solution to repatriating them back home. It's disgusting that people have no manners and uh, little to no respect for others. I don't care where you come from in Cuba and what you did in Cuba. When you step on this soil, there's certain behaviors and certain things that are simply not acceptable. And you would think 
that when you travel abroad, I don't know how they were brought up. You see, this is the problem. That you would actually be on your best behavior. That's what I always, listen, this is how I was raised, right? And I think a lot of you were raised like this back in the day. Your mom would tell you, well, you better behave at home too. But when you go out in public, you definitely better be on your best behavior. You go to the grocery store and you start acting up. You probably got your, your ears rung off, literally. Don't you embarrass me when we step out of this house. You remember, we're going to church. We're going grocery shopping. We're going out. You better be on your best behavior. You're traveling. You better act the part. Don't go abroad embarrassing the Cayman Islands. Well, that's how we were taught back in the day, but it seems like whew, this new generation, they, they didn't quite get the memo. They take their same bad behaviors everywhere with them. Uh, Bonnie says a 2003 drive through status grants person flew in to get it in the lineup. Um, it's unfortunate, and that situation has done more damage to this country than probably most of you will ever recognize. And I guess at some point now, it's been so many years that we have to move past it, um, knowing that it can never happen like that again. It was just, you know, again, Mr. Bush talks about his, his legacy that he leaves behind. One of the legacies he's going to leave behind is that, um, you know, 20 years ago, coming up now, 20 years ago, he unleashed a situation on this country by way of those status grants that we can never undo. Look, look, at, look at Lavelle. You know, people like her were the ones who were getting um, status just by walking in and signing a piece of paper. Those are the kind of people that should, be, should have been vetted left, right, center, backwards, forwards, bend over. People with mental health issues who are going to live off of NAU for the rest of their lives. That's who we want to give status to? <laughs> no, sir. Anyway, let's move on. Um, Romelia says, wasn't there a same, same situation a few years ago where wanted murder from Jamaica was working for the RCIPS? Well, he was eventually exonerated, apparently, for that particular shooting. He did shoot a man and kill a man, but he was exonerated. I think his incident happened in the line of duty. But yes, the point is, how did he even get a job with an active murder investigation? How did he get a job as an RCIPS officer? In a word, let me make it two words, pure slackness. All right, let's talk about slackness. Y'all saw the headline this morning about a government bombshell. Yes, here we go. Uh, the most interesting thing about this situation now is um, I was so shocked when I heard this on Friday. It took a minute for it to uh, honestly sink in. And um, I, I wasn't quite sure that I was understanding what I was really hearing, to be quite honest. Yeah. All right, what am I talking about? You guys remember our, our little friend, Vicky, uh, what's her name again? Vicky Frederick. She doesn't seem to really be playing with a full deck, but nonetheless, she's a principal at Red Bay Primary. They still haven't stripped her of her job in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. 
She attempted to perform an exorcism on people's children back in, let me get the dates now. Um, hold on. I think this was at least two years ago. Well, May the 7th of 2021. So we're coming up almost on two years. Yes. Parents said that they were furious about her trying to perform an exorcism on year two children and year six children. No, sorry. My apologies. Year five children and year six children who were taken out of the classroom and asked about their sexuality, which is so inappropriate. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, and then on top of that, she starts splashing them with some kind of holy water, talking about the children were demonic and they're full of demons and, um, you know, uh, just creating mass hysteria. Hmm. They were crying. They were being told that they're going to go to hell and they have demons inside of them. Then there was a Dr. Meredith Rankin and a nurse who was said to also be a pastor as a part-time job. So she shows up too, and they all gang up on these little kids and become part of the problem. Well, we have not heard anything about this situation. I've questioned it a few months ago. Where's the investigation? What's happening? What's going on? But lo and behold, guess who showed up to work on Friday? <laughs> Man, I tell you, there are times when I can't even believe for myself what I am saying. I know y'all thinking Sandy has got to be pulling a fast one on us. This has got to be a joke. She was there on campus on Friday walking around, reintroducing herself to the new students, saying, I'm back and here I am. Mm -mm -mm. Lord Jesus, how is this possible? This woman should never be in a classroom around children again. I don't know where government's going to put her, but around children, that's a big fat no, N-O. Yeah. In most jurisdictions, she wouldn't even have a job. It's only in Cayman that we're going to keep her employed because that's just how stupid we are. Yeah. Anywhere else, her ass would be fired. Let me be very, very clear. Anyway. She, um... When on Friday, people were messaging me, why is she here? Apparently no one at the school even knew that she was coming because the people who were acting in her current capacity were like, oh, what are you doing here? So sources say that she was slated to start back this week, but took it upon herself to go to work early on Friday because I guess she's so anxious to go back to work. I'm like, what? So when I start asking questions, like how, how, how is this possible? The officials are saying, oh, no, 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 she's not going to go back there. And I said, well, if she's not going back there, then explain to me why she was there on Friday. So the official response, you know, I reached out to the premier and I said, hello. I 
actually, he reached out to me because he's like, Sandy, I saw your headline about the government bombshell. What's going on? I said, well, I got two bombs I'm going to drop on you. This is the first one. So then he had someone look into it and they said uh, that they spoke to the premier and they can confirm that Dr. Frederick is not scheduled to return to Red Bay Primary School. No final decision has been made as yet. And I probe and I prod a little bit more. Because how can you not have, because this doesn't then address the fact that she was actually there on Friday. In fact, this made me question if I had gotten wrong information about her being there on Friday. So I went back to my multiple sources and they said, Sandy, we're not asking you if she was there on Friday. We are telling you 100% certainty she was there, walking around, going from classroom to classroom and introducing herself to people's children. Even a parent called me on Friday concerned. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, wait a minute now. If no final decision has been made about her return to Red Bay Primary School, what is she doing on school grounds? Does that mean she was a trespasser on Friday and she did not have the proper authority to even be on campus? Because if that's the case, y'all need to add that as another infraction on her list. Because that's even more reason why she shouldn't go back there ever. I don't know, boy. Sounds a little bit crazy to me. Someone says it confirms that she's not dealing with a full deck. Well, something's up. Jonathan's asking how are people um, commenting on Facebook. So we've got other Facebook links, Jonathan, that are live. I shared one earlier in the chat section. You can go to my personal page and I've opened up the stream there for you guys to jump on if you wish. So that's where both Soka and Johan are commenting and watching at this time. But yes, what a mess, right? That 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 is... Just shocking and unbelievable. And I need some clarification from government. What I'm also concerned about is this so-called report, which now has, um, you know, we're going into two years, has taken this long. I'm trying to get a copy of the report and I'm being given every excuse in the book. The first excuse is, well, it's a police investigation. So the MASH unit would have been in charge of that. Um, You know, they don't tend to release their, their reports because it might include witness statements, et cetera, et cetera. Hello, hello. Stop giving the good people of this country these excuses that are full of holes, right? The MASH unit can do a quote unquote police investigation, but they also should have done a report for the benefit of the public. The education department has supposedly undertaken their own report. And when you ask them for a copy, they tell you, oh, go to the mass unit. Why is it that nobody wants to give you a copy of whatever report has been done? Everybody's passing the buck. Oh, no, go go here, go there. Blah, blah. It's like, really? Can, can, we, can we do better than this? Seriously? This is just not acceptable. As a matter of fact, it is in the public's best interest. 
for us to get access to these reports. We can see how this happened if we have the report. Mm-hmm. But as usual, this one tells you go over here. So that one tells you go over there. So, and they run you in so many circles that you have to wonder if the idea isn't that they just want to get you confused and that you actually never get access to the report. And eventually we all forget about it and we move on. That's what they want. Somebody wants that to happen. I would have thought that a proper psychological evaluation of this woman would have actually been undertaken. Do they do that for teachers and school administrators to make sure that they're fit and proper to even be working with your children? I'm just curious. Because not everybody that goes to school and becomes a quote unquote teacher is actually fit for the job. They need to be doing further assessments beyond just saying, oh, this person has a teaching qualification. We've actually hired child predators in our schools. Remember that? What was the one drama teacher? What was his name again? He was sexing and texting little boys about how he wants them to send him naked pictures and all kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I remember him because at the time he showed up on the, we had to set up our own Cayman Island sex offender registry. We need to get that going again. Y'all go like the page. The administrators, I had to hand it over because the police would tell me they were going to put me in jail for trying to inform the public about sex offenders. Mm -hmm. You go figure. So I needed to have one of my friends take over the site. And unfortunately, she's not really the best with keeping up with it. Delroy Anthony James, someone is reminding me he was a drama teacher. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him. Let me show you all something. Because when his information back in April of 2015, his wife still works at a primary school. Oh, my Lord. Y'all need to stop it. Y'all need to stop it. No way. Where, where is he from? No, 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 no. Stop, stop. Stop lying and people, as my aunt would say. Because it's so unbelievable that this has got to be a lie. His wife still works at a school. He's from Jamaica. Yes, I, I thought he might have been. I couldn't quite remember. But his wife still works here at a primary school. And where is he? Has he left the jurisdiction? Are we still paying for him to stay here? Wow, his wife works at West Bay Primary. I mean, I'm not saying that she's like her husband, but um, excuse me, are they still married? <laughs> because, you know, if you won't even divorce the man, uh, that says a lot about you. So he's left the jurisdiction, but the wife still works here. Uh-huh. But here he is. So I remember this because when this went up on the on the um, SOR Facebook page, and I'm going to put the link here. Y'all follow and like the page now. They actually had the audacity here. You know, this is, this is unbelievable. The Cayman Islands government, the RCIPS, had the audacity to reach out to me talking about... Um, Miss Mary said if this picture can be taken down because she's in it. <laughs> I said, what? Uh, Y'all smoking some special herb, right? She's in it. And so what? She's the one who took the picture with this pedophile, not us. And it was the only picture that we could find of him. So it's not like we purposely couldn't, you know, like we found other pictures. This was it. Yes. What a pervert. 
This dude was sexting young boys, asking them for all sorts of stuff. Delroy James, preying on these little boys. Now, thankfully, all these years later, it's now an offense, a criminal offense to groom, because that's what he was doing, to groom children. But back then, it wasn't. I don't even remember exactly what they end up charging him with, but he got three years. And he was deported after that. Five different charges. Let me just refresh my memory. Indecently assaulting three male teenagers at the school where he worked. Five different charges relating to grooming, touching, showing the teens porn, and inappropriate sexual conversations over a 12-month period of time. And he admitted to his offenses, and they sent him to jail for three years. Mm-mm-mm. Unbelievable. I wonder whatever happened to this poor boys, if they even got any counseling. So, yep, this is what we do. No reports, no nothing available to the public. We just forget about it and move on. And the victims in the meantime are the ones who unfortunately have to live with a lifetime of trauma. Ervalyn says, mighty God. Hmm. That's why I make it my business as much as possible to go to these court cases, fill you guys in and all the details because nobody else is gonna tell you what's really happening in the courts. Now today, we have a man there who was charged with raping a child under the age of 16, at least on two occasions. First court appearance today. Wow. These are serious times, uh, my folks. And I think that um, we need to wake up and we need to really have a sense of what's going on here. Hmm. Um, so that's the first bombshell. Vicky Frederick just shows back up at the school on Friday, ready to get back to work, introducing herself, says she's coming back. Hmm. All right, here's the next situation. Dr. Lockhart has resigned from the Mental Health Commission. Mm-mm-mm. Why? You know, let me say this. Over the weekend, we had uh, a mental health patient that went missing. She, um, unfortunately, you know, has had some issues over the years. 
She went missing on Friday, and the police said that they had to wait 24 hours because she's an adult before they could sound the alarm and do anything about it. In fact, we never did hear from the police. Um, it was Miss Jackie Neal that reached out. You guys know Jackie has been an advocate of people suffering from mental health issues. And she continues to advocate on their behalf. So she has um, set up a, uh, with the help of others, a facility in West Bay that is um, kind of like a halfway house. Like it's people who are uh, a little bit closer to reintegration and they try to give them, you know, life skills, trying to have them in an environment and so on and so forth. But the real crux of the problem is because we don't have a proper long-term facility, you know, they can put you at the HSA, they have a mental health ward. They'll put you there if you're having uh, a massive episode, right? So if you're suicidal, if you're in the middle of something, they will put you there. But that isn't a long-term facility. I, I don't even know how many beds they have available there, but it's not very many. And so this facility in um, East Bend, is that where we're putting it? Breakers area, somewhere out there? that's supposed to be the long-term facility um, has been being built from baby from Jesus was a baby. It's been a minute now, donkey years, as we would say, and we continued to wait and wait and wait and wait. The last government couldn't pull it off. They made some headway with the construction. The last time we checked on it, I understood that it was a situation where they were very close um to it and they were you know supposedly just waiting on some final bits and pieces of furniture and then the recruitment of staff was supposed to be underway hmm. well all now there's been a delay and nothing has happened okay so we know, you know, everything, they won't blame everything on COVID. So we give people time. Oh, you know, because of COVID, we can't hire people. We can't do this. We can't do that. Okay. Waiting and waiting and patiently waiting. So this poor lady disappeared on Friday. She was gone all weekend. There were people very, very concerned about her because she's apparently been at the facility, I think, for about a year or so. And they said, this is uncharacteristically, this is not her. Like she reports in, she, you know, something is, something is wrong for her not to, um, for her not to be there. And so there was alerts, like we need to find her. So we shared it. Uh, thankfully people saw the post and they said, oh yes, we saw her by airport park and they were able to quickly ascertain her location and bring her back to safety. So her name is Sharon. Um, you know, she's had a lifetime of, of mental health issues, right? So she was located thanks to the good, um, you know, people who read the post and were able to say, oh yeah, I remember seeing her on Friday or Saturday morning or whatever. And she was quickly located. I'm happy to report that she's actually fine. I don't know what happened, um, why she went missing, but um, it seems like she's okay. She's had an assessment done and everything. But this brings up the question again. Why can't we get this long-term mental facility finally opened? And lo and behold, in the process of 
asking those questions, right? We then understand that Dr. Lockhart has resigned from the Mental Health Commission. The man says he's frustrated. He's had enough. And here's the inside track as to why he is so incredibly frustrated. This facility is just ongoing, um, delay after delay, no progress, the whole nine yards. He's saying that he feels like he's hit a wall. Why is he hit a wall? Apparently, someone in the private sector from the U.S. came forward and said, listen, you guys obviously are struggling with um, finding staff for the facility. We uh, have experience in this area. We work closely with staffing other such facilities. We've got a long history of doing this. We will partner with you for the next year to get the facility staffed. We will do all the legwork. We will find the professionals because this is the first of its kind in Cayman. So maybe you guys don't really know what it is that you're looking for. We've got the expert knowledge. We've got the resources. We will get it all done for you. Mm -hmm. We'll put in our bit infrastructure, money, systems, the whole nine yards. And apparently the government is saying no thanks. And that is the delay in getting the facility open. Now this is really, really, um, unfortunately, um, you know, really, really sad. Why? Why wouldn't you allow someone with the expert knowledge? Because you have to admit there are times when we don't have the expertise here because no one's done it before. And so those are the times that I can understand a, a case can be made, justification can be made for why we go on the outside and we recruit professionals who have the necessary experience. We bring them here and then we say, train our people. You know, what, what do you need? You need a one-year training program, two years, maybe even up to three to five years. Give us a proper plan for how we are going to get this done. And so because of that not happening and the government saying, no, thanks, we don't need your help. My understanding is the process has now been halted and Dr. Lockhart, as well as others on the Mental Health uh, Commission have become extremely dissatisfied um, with the current situation. Right? It is, it is sad because once again, we have a situation where this should be at the top of the government's list to get this done. Now, this is where it's important for us to dis, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disassociate the actual political arm of government and the civil servant arm. And this is where politicians do have an argument when they say, there's only so much that we can do because it's actually the civil servants who run in the government. They're running the country. And a lot of you don't get how true of a statement that is. 
chief officers in this country have way more power than they do in most other places in the world, their equivalent positions. So much so that I am now of the thought that we need to look at completely redoing how government works. Because here's the thing. If you elect, uh, you know, elected officials, ministers, MPs to do a particular job, and they can't get it done because the civil servants are stifling progress, the chief officers don't do jack, and their attitude, and I've actually had an MP tell me this, a former government minister, he's a former MP from Bodentown, he said, Sandy, I went in there and I had civil servants tell me, sir, you're here for four years, I'm here for life. And that is their attitude. And some of them will have political alignments, even now as I speak to you. Some of them are pro-progressives. They liked Alden, they had him in the back pocket. By the way, I hear that he's getting ready to take over premiership again in the next election. Y'all watch out for that prediction. He's gearing up again. And so they will support him and the progressives regime When a new government comes in, they don't have any interest in seeing the new government be successful. So they will do everything in their power to put stumbling blocks and roadblocks in the government's way. Now, how fair is that? A lot of things that can't get done, it is because of the civil servants and their positions. And the MPs can't talk to them because, oh, now, It's a section, what is it, 82 offense of the Constitution. You have no remit over the civil service that falls under the governor and the deputy governor. So from a political arm, you could understand how frustrating that must be. That here you you, you made these political promises, campaign promises, you're going to do this, that, and the next thing. And you get in there and the civil service says, pump the brakes, sir, madam. You ain't doing nothing because we're not going to support it. As a chief officer, no, I'm not going to go on board with that. And nothing ever gets done. This mental health facility, folks, is a necessity. This is not something we're doing to pretty up the country. Yeah. Or because even that we really want to do it, it is a necessity. We have people here with mental health problems that need a long-term facility. We've talked about poor Paul in Georgetown walking the streets, begging for food, going through the garbage bins. A man cannot help himself. When he was sent to a decent long-term facility in Jamaica, what did we do? What did his family members do? Brought the man back prematurely under the guise of, oh, they can keep him inside. Well, that was clearly a bold-faced lie. They're not keeping the man nowhere just so they can collect an NAU check. So we need this facility. And this government has got to deliver this facility. Now, the minister this falls under would be Sabrina Turner. Who is her chief officer, by the way? I don't even know her, her, who her chief officer is. But can we please get an explanation as to why this outsource, this outside agency approached the ministry 
with this idea, approached the Mental Health Commission with this idea and said, we can deliver on this. Everyone, as far as I can see from the Mental Health Commission perspective, was on board. And it was then the chief officer. And a lot of times somebody said, Nelly Pucci. Okay, Nelly Pucci. Get it together and please give us an explanation. How is it possible that you guys could recommend to the minister and the ministry to not move forward with this on what basis? What is the stumbling block? What is holding this up? The people are demanding a mental health facility be a primary objective at, during this government's tenure. And we would like the civil service to deliver on this. And if you cannot deliver, we need to know why. We're going to start putting some, listen to me. They don't answer to anybody. Poor France, they got him so stressed out. You saw his health issues recently. France, he always trying to defend them, though. Poor, bless his little heart. He's over here. Oh, they're trying. No, 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 no. France, no. Mm -mm. I know you want to go to bat for your world-class civil service. And I'm not saying some of them mightn't be world-class, but a lot of them are world-class donkeys. They need to get it together. And they have no one to answer to. That's the problem. Well, I have a philosophy. They can't answer to the ministers. The ministers claim that they're scared of them. Because if they call them out, it's a problem because they're the civil service. There's this independence, the separation, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? We can call them out right here in the cold hard truth because we would like some answers. Can we find out why this opportunity to partner with this organization. And by the way, the people who are behind the organization have experienced in their own family a tragedy, from what I understand, where someone in their family had mental health issues and actually committed suicide. That's why they send up this, set up this organization to help people around the world. And they have a connection to Cayman. They used to be or still are Cayman residents. What's the holdup? Why can't we use them? We just need a we need an understanding about what is going on with this mental health facility because y'all can't tell me that you're that concerned about making the right decisions in terms of hiring that you're refusing expert help and you're going to go out on a frolic of your own and in most instances hire all the wrong people. I need only point to the Bonaventure and Kay's Foundation of examples of how. These same HR managers in the ministry that I keep telling you all about have done such a horrific job at hiring people in the past that I have very little faith in their ability to hire adequate people in the future. We hired a man, he's now deceased, to head up the Case Foundation who himself had a criminal record and their excuse was, well, you know, his criminal record was a long time ago. And I'm thinking, really? So we can't actually find someone to hire in a government position with young people who doesn't have a criminal record? Oh, well, you know, he could use that to benefit and tell them his hard luck stories about why he was um, involved in home invasions. Y'all think I'm making this up, right? Sidney Williams had a criminal record when this government hired him. 
Our background checks are so slack that we hired a man, and you guys can go back to the website and have a look. Arlington, Virginia, charged with forgery, burglary, forced entry into residence, misdemeanor larceny on another occasion, felony uh, larceny, and misdemeanor embezzlement. Four different charges over the years. And this is who we hired to head up an organization of troubled youth. It's so ironic because as a Caymanian, we would never be given that type of an opportunity. Now you go to court for looking at somebody the wrong way and they would use that as a reason not to hire you. But yet we could hire this man. Oh yeah, those convictions were a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Then he goes in there and he does a horrific job running the organization, hired his wife, talk, talk about nepotism, to head up the Bonaventure home in West Bay. She was permitted to do whatever she wants, set her own schedule. Oh, she's not going to work nights. She's not going to do this. She's not going to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Paying her top dollar. And our own people can't get to work within the Kays Foundation. By the way, they just hired another um, person to run it again. Of course, it's not a Caymanian. I don't have to tell you all that. That should not be a shock. Yeah. So you, you, you've demonstrated in the past that you don't mind hiring unqualified expats with criminal records. <laughs> so what's the issue now? When you have someone who has expert knowledge, that, like, you know, they'll come on and actually assist you in a proper way to get the mental health facility off the ground and up and running. I don't know, boy. All I can tell you is it's times like this when I wonder he's making $8,000 a month plus mileage allowance and all this other stuff. Yes, honey child. The wife is making almost $6,000. They were building their dream home back in the States off of all this money that they're making here. And because they could go to church with board members, they were in in like white and rice. Mm, mm, mm. I tell y'all, it is just absolutely shocking. When he was in court um, back a couple years ago, when he was talking about how a young Caymanian child died under his watch, he refused to take any responsibility for this situation. And in fact, not only did he refuse to take any responsibility, but during the trial, he said, as I sat there in court in 2020, this is poor little rascal, um, what's Roscoe's last name again? Poor little thing. Died in the government's care. Poor little rascal um, will never have any justice. This Sydney Williams had the audacity to sit there via video link. Rascal Batten, thank you so much. May he rest in peace. 
had the audacity to sit there with his frompish attitude, which I was very surprised at, but I shouldn't be. Because that's what we do. We can hire the most frompish ones. Talking about why, why is the court and the lawyers asking him these questions? Why don't you ask the chief officer, he said. Because they're saying, you know, you've got workers who can't swim and you're allowing them to take these young boys out in water and they can't swim. He said, did you have a swimming policy? What are you asking me for? He said, <laughs> ask your chief officer. The chief officer hired me. And the chief officers were happy with my performance, apparently. So why in court are you questioning my performance? If you have a question about my performance, ask your chief officer. That is what the man said. He put a real damning light on the failures of the civil service. And to this day, there has never been an audit or report, nothing about what happened to poor um, Roscoe. And what failures led to his death? They were quick to jump up and try to charge the two little Jamaican workers and blame them for Roscoe, Roscoe's death. But the truth of the matter is Roscoe's death, his blood is on the hands of the chief officer responsible and Mr. Sidney and everybody else who failed those children because there was no proper procedures in place. No procedures. And yet in typical civil service fashion, nothing to explain what happened, no investigation, no like, okay, this is what we need to change, no public discourse on it, nothing. Because we're all gonna sit back and allow little Roscoe um, Batten to die in vain because his life didn't matter to anybody. Jennifer Leach Tippetts took the stand. She was the home manager. And she talked about, well, you know, it wasn't her job. <laughs> Listen to what the article says from 2020. The defense attorney sought to highlight that her major concern after the incident was to protect herself from liability and possible criminal prosecution. Here you know. It was disclosed that the Case Foundation provided both her and Sidney Williams with lawyers before their police interview. You understand? This is our government spending money providing them with defense attorneys before their police interview. I hate to tell you, but no Caymanian would have gotten that privilege. You better believe it. These are the inequalities and injustices in the system that concern me. And honestly, they, could, they should concern you as well. In common language, it's slackness that should never be allowed. And there's never any real accountability. A jury found that those two men were not the ones responsible, but who is responsible? She admitted in her police interview 
that she did not answer any questions for fear of incriminating herself on the, on the advice of her government-supplied lawyer. She also had the benefit of being able to prepare a statement before being interrogated by the police in relation to the drowning death. Here's the joke now. The two lowly Jamaican workers on the bottom of the totem pole, neither of them were provided any assistance from government. And they're the ones who stood the most to lose. They're the ones who ended up in trial and had years of their lives destroyed and disrupted. She had the day-to-day hands-on responsibility for operating the Bonaventure home. But yet she shared that there was no policy in place to access the children's ability to swim. And these are people that we are paying top dollar to, folks. Something as common sense as that. You're going to take children out in water or near water and you don't even know if they can swim or how well they can swim or anything? Unbelievable. All sorts of discrepancies about procedure and what actually um, transpired at the home. She claims that there was a requirement that staff indicate precisely where they'd be taking the boys for fishing excursions. However, it turned out the information was not accurate and there was no policy at the home at all that the location be recorded. This is the unbelievable inefficiencies in government. And when we call it out, oh yeah, you just don't like government, we go, no, it's because we would like some standards. That's all. A man who had had back injuries and was receiving treatment, you gonna send him out with children to go fishing? So something happened to them, he can't even help them? She gets on the stand and she starts crying and becoming emotional and teary-eyed. Well, then I got to bring little Roscoe back. You can cry all you want. Imagine the tears that his parents have cried, that his family has cried. They allow Sydney to leave the jurisdiction so that he ensured he could never be arrested. If for any reason the police found that it was him, he's like, well, I'm out of here. On the stand, he became argumentative. He said, I didn't see any policy upon taking up the post and did not implement any. When they ask him why, he says, I use directions from the board and ministry as to what would be needed. I was never given those instructions by my superiors. He goes on to say, the ministry needs to take responsibility for my oversight. (laughs) Imagine. He said, I won't take responsibility if they didn't do it or if it was an oversight. Chief officers before me, board members, no one saw it as a priority. So why would I show up and institute this policy that they had not been doing for 15 years? Wow. Because clearly you're hired in government to never do anything new and to never fix anything. His thing is, listen, it wasn't there 15 years before me. So why am I going to put it in? That is the slackness of some of these civil servants. 
Dr. Lockhart has been a proponent of mental health patients for as long as he has been here. He works with them day in and day out. I would think that of all of the people on this island, he would be one of the forerunners that you would really be listening to and really be paying attention. For this man to step step down and actually resign is a sad indictment on that entire ministry. And unfortunately, if Miss Sabrina does not put her foot down with the ministry, it's going to be a sad indictment on her tenure as well. That here we go again, 20 years later, we're gonna have the physical mental facility that has been there and we can't get it open. Y'all are playing around on a serious note with people's lives. Get it together. The people are demanding to understand why Dr. Lockloy has, Dr. Lockhart, my apologies, has resigned because of this type of slackness. It's really unbelievable. This person says the chief officer is Nellie Pucci and all the chief officers are answerable uh, to the deputy governor. You know, chief officers actually get paid a very decent salary. And what they do in terms of their performance, I hate to say, but I have made this observation before, leaves a lot to be desired. For the type of money that they're making, I would expect much more to be happening. And it's not. And again, you can't say nothing, Tom. Because, oh, you know, I'm a civil servant. I don't answer to you. Blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. Please get it together. For the sake of the people in this country, we are begging you and pleading you to do your job. We're not asking you for much more than that. But you have got to get it together. It's as simple as that. Yeah. We don't ask for a lot. You get paid, you're compensated well. Put the people of this country first and get it done. Alejandro says no respect. Perla says all of these you mentioned are highly a priority. Get this facility open ASAP. Irvlin says he was feisty. Oh yeah, he was very feisty, honey chill. He was telling them right up in court. <laughs> Uh, my chief officer didn't hold me responsible. So what are you talking about? I was like, wow, this dude is something else. Uh, Sandra says Caymanians know how to keep Caymanians down. Well, sadly, in keeping their own people down, they're so much better at elevating others. And the times when they should take, this is the point that I'm trying to make. The times when they should take expert help from outside is the times when they're turning it down and keeping an entire mental health facility closed. What sense does that even make? Jonathan is asking how much is our government payroll each month? Well, we can FOI, but it's it's a lot. He's asking about MPs. Well, they're not part of the civil service, but they're there to do a job as well. Sandra says all of our leaders, new and old, are clowns. 
uh, turning our island to circus, hope that they put out of their misery, vote the useless set out. But Sandra, to my point, vote them out if they're not doing their jobs. But what are you going to do about the civil servants? I've just said to you, it's actually the, the chief officers and the civil servants who are running the government, really and truly. They're making the decisions, right? The ministers give them an overall remit. These are my focus area. This is my budget. And half of them don't even get it done. And in some instances, chief officers are lying to government ministers about stuff. Now, some of the government ministers are a little bit too fool fool, if you ask me, because they believe everything these boards and, and, and chief officers tell them. But some of them have been caught lying, a bold-faced lie, and nothing happens to them. Not a thing. What a mess. All right, folks. So those are your two government bombshells this morning. Vicki Frederick went back to school at Red Bay Primary and Friday. Not supposed to be there. So I'm confused. Is this a frolic of her own? My sources said the ministry was putting her back or the department was putting her back this week and she showed up prematurely. Now the official word is, oh, no decision has been made. Please get it together. It can't be both. So clarify whatever the hot mess of a situation is and get it together. Simple. None of this stuff is rocket science and it really should not be that hard. Second bombshell is poor um, Mr. Lockhart um, has resigned from the Mental Health Commission. He is out. And in fact, he's so fed up with them that his resign was done immediately. Yeah, that's what he said. I'm resigning with immediate effect. But apparently it took um, effect, I think, up until December 31st or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there you have it. Really, really sad indictment. And I don't know if the Mental Health Commission is going to be able to get him back. Probably not. He's probably just had enough. He probably needs a mental health break himself now after all this mess. Uh, Dionysia says, it's time the UK come in and do a full evaluation of the civil service and policies. It's time for shape up. We need changes for better performance. Well, the thing about it is constitutionally, the governor has that responsibility, which he de uh, delegates to the um, the deputy governor. So I think there should be some, some assessments here in terms of what exactly is going on. Mm -mm. It's a mess. All right, folks. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in this morning. Let's go ahead and get uh, caught up with our news. Um, I'm following a few stories for you. Of course, the Dr. Lockhart story will go up on the website. There's another situation. Uh, we had a couple of editorials that were posted over the weekend, so please go check those out on the website. One is in relation to um, the uh, cycling club. Um, Y'all need to really read that one. That's quite interesting about how sports are being, uh, the headline sports suffering under expat controlled associations. And this is really quite a scathing uh, letter that was submitted 
um, about, you know, what's happening specific to the cycling association, but they say that this is probably indicative of, you know, issues across all sorts of sports. Very, very sad. We need to get it together, folks. Please enjoy the rest of your day. Happy Monday. We'll be back here tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. So make sure you tune in for that. And um, yeah, be safe and have a beautiful day. Whopping news. Burger King K-Man is turning 40 years old and celebrating by giving away over $40,000 of prizes. Just spend $4 to receive a scratch card for your chance to win thousands of food prizes, Burger King merch, and the king of prizes. 10 cash prizes of $1,982. From December 23rd till February 1st, visit your favorite BK location to win big with Burger King's 40th anniversary. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. A 33-year-old Georgetown man has been charged with two counts of rape involving a child under the age of 16 years old. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service is looking for 21-year-old Corey Andrew Miles, who was last known to be living in the Georgetown area. A woman wanted for murder in Jamaica was deported from the Cayman Islands on Thursday after she was caught in Cayman on New Year's Day. Nurse Josie Solomon, who gave decades of medical service to the Cayman Islands, has died. Local food vendors who do not currently occupy a commercial space are invited to submit a proposal for vendor services for the National Heroes Day celebration 2023. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise just after 7, sunshine along with some cloudy intervals when the temperature's at 83 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity at 71% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the low 90s. Winds east-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour and the sun sets at 6.04. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the mid to upper 70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless. Ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands. 
Sandy Hill.